Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. And if you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Do you enjoy listening to us every week? Want to support us even more? Become a friend of the program. Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast for just four sixty nine. Nice. Nice. A month. You get 20% off all of our merchandise, exclusive giveaways. You could ask us uh, any questions you may have on our Patreon uh, question segment every week. Or just leave us basically a virtual tip in our virtual tip jar. Become a friend of the program again today. That's Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast. Lastly, do you like playing with toy cars and telling your significant other that they're collectibles? Do you enjoy badass memorabilia of grown-ass men who are more successful than you? Well, after doing what Bradley and Bobby just told you to do, head on over to CircleBDieCast.com for all your diecast needs and merchandise, and be sure to use promo code BFP123 for $5 off purchases over $30. And one last thing before we get started, we'd like to give a shout-out to the Graphics Coop, Any Racing News, and Danny Eugene Photography for all their support. Brad Keselowski is going to be showing the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pool here, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years. So, uh, occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we actually out we beat him so it's all good <laughs> just that one finger yeah apparently the only one that itches i don't fucking know i don't make the rules around here <laughs> i think just itching your one finger with dude, your thumb fucking, the like three minutes yeah dude it fucking itches and you gotta itch you gotta scratch it i mean come on <clears throat> i played hockey today you grip the stick a little too tight all of a sudden your skin wears off and then it gets itchy it's a hockey stick not a dick hate when I wear the skin off and mm, tough break. Anyway. Oh, shit. This is going to be, there you go, episode 190 of the Black Flag Podcast. Uh, as always, I am Charlie Sanborn. To my left is Bradley Saucier. To his left is Bobby Timmons. Together, we are at Black Flag Pod on all things social media. More importantly, that is over on Patreon. So head on over to wherever you get your apps from. Look up Patreon. Then look up the Black Flag Podcast so that you can get some cool shit that we're going to be giving away here pretty soon. Uh, yeah. It, and uh, this is going to be a pretty pretty packed episode. A lot of shit happened this past weekend. Uh, we were split up as a group, but uh, we covered some ground, boys. So uh, Friday night started off with go-karts, and it was... Uh, championship night, twin 25 night. Awards night, if you will. The championships were settled the week before, two weeks before, whatever it was. And uh, we handed some trophies out, had our own little banquet out on the front stretch there. I showed up almost late to where just... Just late enough to get Bradley clammy hands. Mm. And it was uh, looking like Brad was going to have to MC the event, and he was not taking it well. And I was like, I can do it. It's not that big of a deal, man. And then you showed up and saved the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being that it was my first year at Bartlett, and that was my first award ceremony, and you guys have been through a few of them, I was like, wow, these people are going to be absolutely pissed if uh, I have to do this because I will be like Charlie. Obviously, if anyone's ever been to Bartlett, very animated if anyone went to the main motorsports hall of fame ceremony he's very animated he's good at what he does me on the other hand i um there's like there's a few things in life that i really really don't like in number one being zipping your fly ta- um <laughs> it would be why are you looking at his crotch talking oh, talking nice uh crotch. in front <laughs> 
Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, woo! Um, talking in front of people. I just don't like it. Hated it ever since uh, school when you'd be forced to do a presentation. I had a couple classes that forced me to do it. It was not good. Uh, somehow, someway, talked myself out of uh, having to do a public presentation class and uh, still got credit for it, so good on me. But uh, I was a little nervous. I was, uh, <clears throat> I was not looking forward to it whatsoever. And uh, Charlie, very loud, very animated, very good. Me would have been like, hey, uh, this one. Uh, Today's banquet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, ah, the... Plan, plan so, the B, so just six. like for reference, the, the plaques on the trophies didn't have the numbers on them. They just had the names. But Charlie is has been doing this for so long and, and knows a lot of these kids. Well, he knew their numbers. So he'd be like, ah, the number zero two of fucking Aaliyah Matt Curtis. Smith. No. Exactly. And so I'd be like, <laughs> oh, perfect. Like it, Charlie, Charlie knows it. So I like took a closer look. And I'm like, there's no numbers on the trophy. So if I was to be doing this, I'd be like... Um, third, which uh, which actually no, it's looking, actually second shit. Looking back, I feel like all banquet trophies that I have have my number on it. Is that not like a th- a thing? The trophy I got at the banquet last year has a different number and different name on it. So <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'm not Brad Babb, but huh. I got but I got second in points last year. Perfect. We- Weaponin of the year. Weaponin. Weaponin. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, it, it was it was good to do that. We also handed out the uh, second annual uh, Bartlett Bridge Raceway Driver of the Year Award, which I believe was pretty much a blowout in terms of voting. It's pretty unanimous. I mean, there was there was three or four different drivers that were in consideration. Um, it's it's an award that goes out to all. It's it's one driver overall out of every. You know, we probably had. 85 different drivers this year yes. um you know start a race at bartlett so uh, callie trudeau got that she was the senior sportsman champion um fastest really go-kart year. on the property on several occasions so yeah. so uh it was so unanimous that so we did like rank choice voting like we were voting in a president and um at least in the state of maine but we uh everyone had uh callie trudeau's number one so yeah i i, I didn't even consult dave putnam um it was basically jess eddie rusty me you two and putnam we are the main staff of the racetrack and i got to dave on friday and i was like ah, i didn't even ask you because even if no matter who you pick as number one it ain't gonna matter and he's like <laughs> well who do you think i'm gonna pick like, yeah. well i was also for sure uh for certain on that but yeah um, she certainly earned it had a great year got a p- couple of wins um, f- to me, what stood out the most was she, she won, um, it, it may not have been her first career win, but I think it was, I think it was the first one I remember anyways, she's been racing there as long as I've been working there and senior sportsman had the most go-karts all year. Well, the very next week she started 19th in a 25 lap race and backed it up with another win. I was like, that's fucking, she can't, she can't really put her dick on the table cause she doesn't have one. But, <laughs> well, um, she proverbially did that. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, no, she she did an incredible job. She, it's uh, also almost falling into the category of most improved as well too. I think uh, throughout her her the way with, years the way we Bartlett. the way we criterialize if that's even a word. It's not. Yeah, it is job. now. You know what I was getting <laughs> at. It's on track performance, but it's also you know off track. You know the way you carry yourself, the way you treat the officials, the way you. No may Facebook or, bullshit. Yeah, may or may not motherfuck me on Facebook. Call me a fucktard and all <laughs> some other nothing sh- specific. Some other shit that other people have done to me this year, but uh, and they've been very good. And she had a really good year, and and uh, yeah, she certainly earned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Friday was a time we all had full intentions of going to skips afterwards, but before that, we had our annual staff race as well too, and we conned yeah. some uh, wing champ cart drivers into letting us uh, drive their their machinery. And I have no idea why anybody said yes to this, but we went out and we put on a fucking show, boys. 
Well, I'm glad that you guys put on a show. <laughs> Bradley drove the 69. Nice, nice. go kart. Um, Bra- it was like shoehorning him in there. He looked he looked like a busted can of biscuits trying to squeeze into that thing because Adam Warnock is like 85 pounds, way smaller than any soaking of us. wet with a tailwind. Maybe uh, I thought like if anyone was going to get in his go kart, it would have been you, Charlie. But Bob called me. Fat. It was already taken. It was no, I didn't call you fat. I called Adam small. Oh, that's true. That's wow. a good point. But uh, yeah, so getting getting me into the cart was uh, was half the battle. Um, like it took me and Charlie six seconds to get belted in. I'm like, what are we waiting for? And everyone's like, Brad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying yeah. to squeeze Brad into the fucking '69. Yeah. We're, getting, right. we're getting another fucking can of motor oil to try to get him to get squeeze into him up. <laughs> but uh, so the that was the first battle, obviously. And uh, everyone who doesn't know my illustrious go kart career at Bartlett Bridge started with a uh, we drove in um, with a go kart in the back of uh, Bobby's cousin Kyle's truck, and uh, we dropped it on the ground. Well, not hard, but we we put it on the ground and uh, we fired it up. I got in to go to practice. We were there for all of ten minutes so far, and uh, on the way to the racetrack, which is about I don't know fifty yards maybe from where we were parked, just. Uh, everything broke. I think the motor mounts, like a chain was wrapped around like my arm. Like it was, it was an absolute shit show. And needless just, to say, I can picture the whole oh, thing. Dude, it was fantastic. I, it didn't so. go well. <clears throat> so uh. we, we were trying to run it as a flat car and then a cage, the senior fucking whatever bullshit. And uh, back at the time. And so I, I was the first practice. So I broke the whole thing. And um, that was a very, um, it was a, an expensive career. Um, it ended go, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where it ended. So I'd never been on Bartlett's uh, surface in a go-kart. I've never, uh, I was thinking about it before we uh, went on to the racetrack. I haven't raced a go-kart in a circle since Victory Lane was a thing, and that hasn't been a thing in... And that almost doesn't even count. Like, almost, like, what, a decade? Um, yeah, that closed in 2010. I was going to school, so I think. So over a yeah. decade. So uh, it's been quite a while. So we roll out onto the racetrack, right? And, <clears throat> business. and so... I've never also been in a go-kart that wasn't a rental cart, so I've never had, like, just the pedals that, like, regular-ass go-karts have. So we get onto the racetrack, and, yeah, like... They're just half-inch, just bars. Yeah, like, there's they're just, nothing to them. They're just bar. Yeah, so in, you know, Adam, as I'm strapping in, he goes, well, I mean, you can you can race it, but uh, you know, I bent the spindle in it. I think it's still probably good, because I just went out there and finished fifth, and I'm like, bye, yeah, I mean, whatever, I don't care. So we squeeze me in there, we get out there, and we didn't even run, like... We ran maybe like one full lap around the racetrack before we went green, and so I'm just lined up and like I have no idea. What it I'm was doing. a quick fucking get up and figure it the fuck out, which was good because like <laughs> I was it was also freezing fucking cold, so I was like really just looking forward to leaving. But I also was like, damn, this is fun. Like I want to you know obviously experience this, and uh, just went right. Like I, I had a good restart. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah, so Charlie, I think Putnam started on the pole. Charlie was second. I was third. Um, I think I whistled you out of the way pretty pretty early. That is correct. Shipped you up top. <laughs> and my go kart for like I was driving Nate Fogg's fifty four like for like two laps. I'm like motherfucker, like this thing's pretty good. I had the straightaway handling down. Like thing had some good bites, some good drive. And I'm reeling in Putnam. I'm like, all right, like I think I'm pretty good here. And uh, Putnam was in Daryl Morse's ten. And he was getting real free up off. And then all of a sudden, like after like three laps, my shit just started bouncing and hopping so fucking bad, like just <laughs> killing my ribs all the way through the corner. And I see Rusty. Rusty was in Adam Jocelyn's cart. You know, naturally, Adam won the second uh, 25 lap race of the night uh, by a lot. So Rusty had to jump right in that one. Yeah. Um, he gets underneath me and we, we cross each other up a couple times. And he fucking. This is a move that all of us go kart kids learned at a young age. Uh, it's called the beaver tail yes. or the beaver slap. <laughs> 
you get to the end of the straightaway and you kind of do a quick little right and a hip check and you use your right rear wheel and you bounce off their left front and it fucks them all up on entry. Well, he did that to me twice. The second time was coming off a four. And I'm like, that's it, that's it, motherfucker. <laughs> and I think even, did you get in front of us while yeah. we were fucking around? Yeah, I did. And so he's on the outside of Charlie getting into one. And if Rusty wasn't there for me to hit, I was going to go through the guardrail and end up on the road. Because <laughs> I went into one and I never turned and I never lifted. And I just fucking clobbered us both and we both spun out. <laughs> So so yellow comes out. Now, mind you, prior to this race, too, we, we have full intentions. This is something we do at the last race of every year because if we do something stupid, it doesn't matter. They have a year to fix it. So we're like, we need a wing, We need five brave souls to lend us their wing champ cards. And Bobby Natro is like, I had called dibs on the fastest one. Yeah. And I just, I didn't even. So, really... so I, was, I was supposed to drive Kevin Rumries. Um, he's about my size. He's won a couple races. I'm like, he messaged me. He's like, you can take mine. I'm like, oh, perfect. Like, these guys are going to get their shit waxed tonight. Uh, Kevin absolutely destroyed it in the first race of the night, and that was the end of that. He never made it back out, so and didn't get to take his. Yeah, so so I showed up, again, basically last minute, as last minute could be, to do the award ceremony. I had no ride. So I, I'm trying to scramble the whole night, making announcements like, ah, I still need a ride, like, like I'm fucking going for cop racing or something. And uh, the last second, I get Mike, Mike Ramsey brick as we all know and love uh to jump into his Waponin. car non yes the waponanon uh yeah. of of the day at least but um well he's just the one that's i got in, i got into <laughs> his and the reason i was excited about his is because well brick is fatter than i am period and uh there's not a lot of lead on that i assume <laughs> so i'm like i want that one <laughs> and it was all laid like laid the fuck back like i'm used to racing go-karts like my head bouncing off the ground like all right this is where we're at this is what i want and uh not quite so much on dirt but uh, i found that out after the fact he also didn't have a throttle spring in it at all so i'm just kind of guessing where the throttle like it's just <laughs> flopping around so i i got all of it to none of it to all of it to none of it and uh yeah you you and russell started playing fuck fuck there for a little bit and then i i darted it to the bottom yellow comes out I restart on the top yet again. Brad missed. We, gotta, I, we can't. We really can't go without saying this. <laughs> Which we weren't really going by the rules, but I, I no. did. Im- I did implement a rule at Bartlett that if you stall under yellow, you go to the rear. It's absolutely annoying when you have twenty go karts in line or ten go karts in line, and you and you go to give them one to go, and then you look, and the guy in seventh is sitting there dead in the water, and it fucks it all up. It happened too many times this year. Call it a dumb rule. Most people do. I don't give a shit. I think yeah, it's fuck, one I of the best rule. rules that's ever been implemented. <clears throat> the same rule cost me a job at Richmond Karting Speedway when I was 15 because the... Well, you tri- put the owner's son to the tail. Uh, his grandson, like it was a rule he made, and the first one to break the rule was his grandson in a heat race, and I put him to the tail, and he fired me on the spot. So that was pretty cool. Um, hmm. Anyways. Nothing so, specific. So no. we, we we have this caution. Eddie Pettengill was out there. He uh, happened to get in Wade Worcester's cart, which won the championship, and the Twin 25. By far the best go-kart. A um, little bit rigged there, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, and it didn't matter. he had spun out, too. So Brad uh, makes it by all of us, because three of us are sitting dead in the water out of the six. So Brad was going to restart third on this restart, and then his go-kart died. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I'm good at uh, in my racing career is wreck avoidance. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, zi- I did a couple zigzags to uh, try to avoid everyone, but I, I basically, you know, saw where everyone was laying, kind of figured where they were going to end up, and I just fucking floored it through there. And so, but like like I said, I didn't know anything about, you know, racing these carts, racing on this track. So I'm like trying different shit because before the races started, Nate Barth told me, you got to drive it in 
in hard and you got to drive it out hard. No. Nope. So I'm trying to do that. No. Nope. It's not that. It's not working because everyone's pulling these away from me. These aren't flat cars. He drives <laughs> a completely different kind of go. That fucking yeah. could be. So these things, <laughs> I learned like on lap three, I was like, oh, lift early. Yeah, well, lift the flag stand. This is a car. Well, so what I started doing is like I would drive in and like I, I saw it. It looked like. You know, Adam at least would uh, when I was watching him practice. It looked like when he would go into like the, the corner, he would kind of slide it sideways and then like get a good like run up up off. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, I don't necessarily know how to perfectly execute that, but so I would just like drive it into the corner really hard, like stab the brake, fucking turn the thing, and fucking floor it, floor it. And I was still getting pulled. And I'm like, well, that doesn't work. So then I'm working on like just my lifting points of like where I should be lifting. Still was trying to figure that shit out. And then you guys started playing fuck fuck. And I was like, well, I'm going to avoid this one before I try to figure out how I'm going to get into this quarter. Uh, and I got past and I'm like, cool, I'm going to restart third on the bottom. Like I could at least hold this for uh, enough time for them to start playing fuck fuck again. Cause I knew that that was going to happen. And uh, yep. Going on the backstretch cart dies, comes to the infield. And I didn't even try to go like when you're trying to figure out how to drive the racetrack, probably don't need to be starting third, but I was looking forward to it. And, <laughs> no, you're, you're yeah, so was going to get shipped. Cause I think I was going to, I was going to restart. Uh, a fourth or fifth, and either way, I was going to run into you. Well, there was there was one point where I don't remember if it was you or Rusty, but someone started behind me with Eddie, um, and uh, I got a good. Re- I started restarted on the top, and I got a good restart. And uh, you know, coming through one and two, I held my own and then going into three like i saw like a nose poked my inside and i was like ah, i don't really need to be i'm still trying to work on how the fuck i'm supposed to be driving this track. Still trying to figure out where the pedals are <laughs> yeah. well well so and that's the thing too is like we were like four laps in right and so like i'm in between like you know pumping the brakes and like working on lifting points and so like one of the times i like lifted and i got back on the gas too hard and i kicked the fucking foot plate off so the thing's hanging off like bouncing as i'm going down the racetrack and i'm like Oh my god, I am one slip up on this pedal away from kicking this foot plate <laughs> off this car and I will look like an absolute <laughs> fucking buffoon <laughs> if I do this. So at that point I just started feathering it a little bit and like trying to it weird that you guys said that that's the, you know, what what works because at the end I was I was kind of gaining on Eddie there and I was looking forward. I was like, "Oh man, wish it was another wish for the twin 25 and start on the pole and I'd fucking I'd at least jump the shit on the start <laughs> and make it interesting, but uh, no, it was a lot of fun. On the on the restart, Charlie and, and Putnam battled for the lead until Charlie just washed him coming out of two and <laughs> bounced him off the fence. Uh, Oops. So caution came out again. Um, I think Rusty had actually gotten yeah, by Yeah, Rusty all of was us. in the lead. He gotten yeah. by all of us at this point. So I restarted on the outside of Rusty in second, jumped the shit out of the start. It didn't matter. He took off. And uh, I actually I was selling T-shirts for a few laps. I hung on the outside of Charlie for like three laps. And I got to the point where I just, I was like, all right, I cleared him. And well, no. then I almost got hit in the head with his right front wheel. So <laughs> I, I was not clear. <laughs> yeah, you, you weren't and, uh, quite clear, Bob. Yeah, but... You washed my shit just like you did today. And uh, <laughs> I just fell in line to fourth and ran out of laps and can hang my hat on beating uh, at least the two guys who don't race. So <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> I beat Brad and Eddie. <laughs> I was so bummed out that Nailed I lost. It. I lost to Eddie. Brad had zero laps of experience and Eddie had about 15. So uh, yeah, I, I think I've got at least 15 wins at Bar. And, uh, that was only the second time I had ever been on the track, <laughs> short of last year. So I, I was pretty proud of what we did. But um, I, I, uh, one thing that I did want to bring up is just that uh, I completely underestimated the sensation of speed. You feel like you buzzing. are going a you're, you're, thousand miles. You're cranking an hour. around there in nine seconds, but you're only doing like thirty-eight miles an hour down the straightaway. Yeah, but, but the, the the racetrack is. 30 feet yeah so you're hauling ass yeah. and that's like. what like and you're of, an inch off the ground if yeah. not more that's one of the things that like uh, i remember after the first week like announcing was weird because i was like dipping my toe in the water like ah, i don't really know like what the fuck to say here and uh, i went to we went to skips that was the one night we did go to skips and uh nick cusack was there and we were shooting the shit and 
And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, uh, Charlie, you know, Charlie's going to be flagging this week. Like, I was wondering if you wanted to do it. He was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and I was like, well, all right, like, why? Why not? And he's just like, dude, the lap second, the lap times are eight seconds. What? How am I supposed to talk about that much in eight seconds? And I was like, ah, you make a good point. Ever heard of bull riding? They do it. <laughs> Who was yeah. this? Nick Cusack. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I very much, uh, that, that was when I was just like, all right, like, I'm not going to worry about like trying to announce everything correctly. Cause like sometimes like someone will run a really fast lap and you want to bring it up. But then while you're talking about it, they run another really fast lap and you're just like, you know what? The, the first one is what they're going to get. Yep. It, it, it's it. The crowd doesn't know it. The no. laptop and you do though. Right. That's all that right. matters really. But uh, yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun night. I enjoyed my time. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, we, we crushed Friday out of the park and then by the time we were done, we had, all intents and purposes of going to skips and we're like mm, not gonna fucking do that nope so, Glad we yeah, didn't. I, I had a pretty early wake-up call bradley and i did um we went to seekonk on saturday you we did sure do that did. how was that boys i missed it that's well one of my favorite events from last year the haunted hundreds uh you got the oh, uh, the actor race <laughs> and all that stuff last year was probably one of the if not the best race of the entire season it sounds like this year was no no uh, no difference so what did i miss um, they had legend cars, they had uh, American Canadian tour hundred lapper, and they had obviously the tri-track 100 modified race, uh, started off the day hot third heat race, uh, J.R. Bertuccio hung a throttle and tried to exit the arena with his race car. The chain link fence kept him in. Our wall still undefeated against modified. Still undefeated. He actually hopped right out and walked back to the pit area, which was pretty surprising. I, I mean, saw the video. It looked pretty it, fucking gnarly. It was pretty gross. Yeah. I've never, uh, never really thought of it, never really seen that where it wasn't gross. Um, Abby, my girlfriend, was with us, and she just kind of looked at me and was like, why did that happen? <laughs> and I was like, well, sweetheart, that's what we like to call a stuck throttle, um, and that is literally the worst thing that could happen to you in a race car. That is how you lose your life. And luckily, yes. that guy didn't didn't even break a bone, I don't think. I feel like Seacon's not really big enough of a launch to to get too fucked up, but it looked like a pretty fucking hard hit. He still hit a fuck ton. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that... Uh, I, his hit was kind of overshadowed by, I think, the, the 75 of Chris Pastriak. He, uh, a little bit later on in the day, he... Which he didn't hit nearly as hard, but he almost flipped. The the Bertuccio hit so hard that the car didn't even try to flip. It just went... The whole thing just went in the air. Yeah, I, I just and think, like, like... ground on top of the wall. Obviously, like, I don't know what the feeling of being in a modify would be or, like, any big car, but just the fact, like, Chris Pastriak later on in the race jumped Ronnie Williams and then like landed at the base of the wall and ramped up. And I just can't imagine being in the air and hitting like that. I feel like that your car, be... uh, your car doesn't slow down when you're in the air. No, no, uh, um, not typically. No. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was a little bit later on the, um, was it the B main or the concies where they, uh, absolutely shafted Max Zaka with no lube. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know what the fuck. So Max Zaka was restarting second on the outside and, uh, he unfortunately gets the BFP shaft of the week. Um, which <laughs> new award. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so he restarted second on the outside and, uh, they were both launching before the box. There's a, there's a box in turn four. They were both going at like the first line of the box, but they were both going flirting with it. And Max, I don't know who was on the pole. Some 82 buddy. Max was a lot better than that guy at coming oh, through the gears. That cause, dude. Because Max was clear by a car length. I'm the assuming stripe. this is not Michael. No. No. That was not Mike Jr. <laughs> no. So then they warned him. They said, 20, you jump to start again. You go into the rear. So they re-rack him. Exact same thing happens again. They both go with the first line. And Max just pulled the guy's pants down. Basically got too good of a start both times. They put him to the rear. We're talking Max might have been an inch and a half to the line before this dude it wasn't that egregious like either time 
Um, so that's really where like my problem was, was that obviously they, you, you see them throw the yellow after the first one. You're like, okay, like maybe I can see that. Like, not really, but like, whatever, um, we'll just do it again. So then they do it again and you're like, well, that one's good. That one's good. And then they're going down like uh, through turns one and two and the yellow comes back out. You're like, what the fuck? So they throw Max to the back, and uh, naturally it's a Concy where they only take a handful of them. They have like 45 modifiers on There's two Concy's with like 14 cars in each one, and they were having two Concy's and taking three, and that was it. I'm like, no last chance race, no B-feat or nothing. So Max, and then I think he got caught up in a wreck, I yeah. think. And... Yes, yeah, so a couple people wrecked, and he just he had nowhere to go. I mean, one of the modifieds like spun up the track, like started coming back down and clipped him, and uh, clipped his right front, and he, so he obviously he wins the BFP shaft of the week, but it was just like and they gave him a provisional. <clears throat> they did, yeah. It's like, but, they, but, well, so well, you taketh away and then you giveth back. Well, they. <laughs> well, I guess that would be the difference. So, so and then they take it second to last, and then yeah. they taketh away again. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so they give him a provisional, right? He makes the race, um, starts the race. I don't know if he had a loose fuel cap or something, but he was dumping shit all over the racetrack for a couple laps in a row and he got black flagged and then he got black flagged and then he went to go pull off the racetrack and gets uh, uh, about 13 <laughs> feet from the pit opening and puts it in park yeah <laughs> yeah yeah coming down the back stretch he obviously makes it like make go, washes up high like he shows that he's gonna pull off so race control is probably like ah all right good and then just like bobby said pulls the e-brake and just <laughs> yellow comes back out he fucking floors it into the into uh the pit area all of a sudden you see him co- oh, well i think bobby and i were just like wow that's the end and the max zackham's day and uh, then you see him come back out onto the racetrack and we're like oh fuck yeah like they're gonna let him come back out like we right were right back into the pit area <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i was gonna say there's no way <laughs> there's no way <laughs> we were like oh there's no way he comes back out and then he did we're like fuck you yeah. and then uh yeah he got sent back out but <laughs> which will, uh, uh, i i respect that. The you gotta move. try, yes. But as a try. as a race director, I'm gonna throw you out every single time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spin the thing out, something cool. Spin out, draw a caution the natural way. Yeah. You were 13 feet from the pit opening. <laughs> yeah, and then just <laughs> stops. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, that ain't gonna fly. It's, all a, right. it's, a, it's a tough look for the kid. Tough look. Uh, uh, but the, I, I heard big things about the act race as well too. So I have I had a couple notes. Um, in the heat races, I just had Alex Tardif patience. Alex is number 21. There was He started fourth in his heat race. The car started second, had an eerily similar number to his, drug him all the way to the back, and he did never once um, put a fender, a bumper, never tried any egregious move, just patiently got driven from fourth to 14th in the heat race. Is that another, another 21? He, uh, yeah, I fell in the blanks, Charlie. Weird. You're a smart individual. <laughs> Don't don't do that. His head's gonna get big. But uh, so he, Alex, that Tardif fella there, he uh, he put it on the podium. So lo- this is obviously later on in the day. But he, he was on the podium. Re- at recovered Thompson. nicely. He was on the podium at Seacon. That that kid is a podium running son of a bitch. He's I mean, from he, Quebec. He uh, so he, Bobby were sitting and doing a race pool at uh at the first trip to the Dublin Rose uh, before the races started, where uh, Blaze and and Mosh Gerald met us uh, there beforehand. We so did. We, that was our heat race at yeah, the Dublin. <laughs> we we pre-gamed the Dublin. By going to the Dublin, so <laughs> we're sitting there doing a race pool, and uh, uh, Bobby, like the way that we do them, is there a snake draft? So first pick gets last pick, uh, last pick gets two picks in a row, and it's just the average between your two picks. So basically, one per you pick one tri track car, you pick one act car. Doesn't matter where you pick them if you have the first pick, pick Hirschman, you know, or you could pick any of the act guys. So Gulchaki went first. It's a good way to do it. I it like went. That. It went. It was a lot it's of fun. Fair. It's yeah. It makes so it you a, don't get screwed by a poor draw. It makes fair. it a lot more fair for sure. So like I got the first overall pick at Thompson, and was 
by the time uh, my last overall pick, I ended up having to pick Claude Leclerc. And Fuck it yeah! Did not pay <laughs> off for me. So yeah. Um. So we. Uh, so so there was a run of act cars early on, and I think I was the sixth overall pick. How'd yeah. Scru- how'd Scruffy do? Yeah. Uh, well, well he, uh, wasn't, he wasn't picked. Casey Beatty was in the car. He didn't even drive it. Casey Beatty. He he like lost the big Glizzy Guzzler fan here. Tire fucking fell off of the thing or whatever. Half the body was ripped off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So the first pick was Derek Luchaki, and then it went pretty much DJ Shaw, um, I think Jason Cor- Corliss, and uh, Tom Carey. And then so basically it got to, you know, sixth, seventh, and everyone's like, well, you know, probably should start picking like you know, Hirschman or like guys like that. So went on a tri track run, and then Bobby's like, yeah, I'm going to hope that Tardif falls to, uh, to me in the, the second round or whatever. Because not many people know Tardif. Not many people know a lot of the Canadian guys other than uh, fucking. Uh, what's that? Uh, Patrick LaPerle. Yeah, Patrick LaPerle. Patrick and, uh, LaPerle. Which, he, he wasn't there, which was a bummer, because uh, I Wicked feel like a, him and him and a Seekonk would be fucking ruthless, but... Um, that there would be a lot of fucks just not brought to the property. <laughs> it, it has been called once by Dan Collins, the Canadians don't give a fuck tour. Just once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just once <laughs> last which, week. Which is, uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's very it's very funny. Whether it's true or not, I feel bad when, uh, obviously, Jonathan Bouvret was there, but... Uh, Tardif was uh he he's all he's a good he's a good shoe he's not really involved in any of the uh the mischief. Yeah. All jokes other. aside, I was I was truly impressed with his patience because in that heat race, I mean, seen it so many times. If somebody would have done something dumb, wrecked a lot of cars for no reason, and he didn't. He was patient. Uh, had to run the Conci, got in or got got to keep his plus minus from his heat race in the Conci, but it was a big old minus, so I don't even think that mattered. And and like Brad said, he drove his way up through the field to a to a podium. Yeah, and uh, so going into the the race, obviously, there's a lot of uh, Seekonk regulars that uh, come out and run the act races, and uh, they're obviously pretty good because they run their weekly, which obviously makes sense. But um, so one of them was uh, Jacob Burns. Who and... happened to win the Legend Car race just minutes before the act race. Yes, so he wins uh, two grand in the Legend Car race. Uh, congrats to Nicholas Scola and, uh, and those guys. And on two grand that. to win in a Legend Car might as well be a million dollars in in to their world because legend cars don't ever pay jack shit yeah so usually it's like 150 bucks uh, yeah. yeah i think yeah. i won thursday thunder once it was like 90 bucks yeah. <laughs> like, there was 28 cars here what the <laughs> fuck am i getting 90 dollars for uh so yeah congrats to those guys and they jump in the uh the act car and well he started pretty close to the front but i i gotta be honest like as someone who doesn't follow seekonk and uh watches act pretty often i was like well he's you know He'll eventually fall. He'll probably have a good run. He's young, inexperienced, and kind of just figured, he's a Saturday night guy, 40 laps, and the fenders will be ripped off, and you won't hear from him again. Yeah, either that or, I mean, even if he just fell back through and finished a respectable 10th, it's like, ah, that'd be cool. Um, And nope, that didn't happen whatsoever. He uh, he was up there, uh, up front, in the top five, pretty much all race long. Uh, Him and... uh, let a bunch uh-huh. let a bunch of laps in the later stages. He did, yeah. He led a bunch of laps. Tom Carey methodically made his way up through the field and ended up uh, finishing in the, in the top five. But uh, Jason Corliss was up front the whole time. Obviously, uh, DJ was up front. DJ ends up picking up the win. Um, pretty uh, pretty impressive show there between uh, between Jacob Burns and uh, DJ Shaw though is. Burns uh, led coming to the white flag, and uh, DJ was obviously on the top, and you could just tell because he he didn't really move DJ out of the way. It was a really it, it was it was very, very tactful. It was very impressive driving out of him because I feel like a lot of people in his position at his age would have just completely driven through DJ Shaw, and uh, he obviously didn't do that. Um, let DJ just have his lane on the outside, and and DJ was very very you could tell even when uh, when he led the um, when. 
Jacob Burns uh, led the white flag lap. You just knew DJ was going to win because he was going to outsmart him, you know, yeah, some way. Was... Some, he wasn't going to try to run on the outside that whole time. So, obviously, mm-hmm. going through one and two, DJ just kind of filters back in line behind him. And gets <clears> just crossed him up yeah. and drove underneath him, which if you're Burns, you almost need to drag the brake there and try to keep DJ on your right rear. But DJ lost this race last year in a very similar fashion to Ben Rowe. And he had said in victory lane, he learned from that. And, and I think Burns' inexperience might have cost him there because, like I said, he cleared DJ in the center of one and two, and DJ just turned left and drove right back up beside him down the back stretch, got a good run, and and uh, beat him through three and four. But it was a phenomenal race. They both got out, said it was a great race. And, you know, they used each other up a little bit, but nothing rough, nothing, nothing you'd call dirty. Um, second year in a row, the Act 100, one of the best races I saw all year. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely on the podium for sure. I, it's hard. Everyone's like, oh, what's your favorite race of the year? I was actually totally, uh, tallying it up, and uh, after Waterford this weekend, I think that I've spent 92 days at the racetrack this year, and I don't know, I can't, what am I, I don't know what. It's almost what, a quarter of the year. <laughs> I don't know what we did in April or May or whatever, and so I'm like, fuck, like, I don't know what, what the best race of the year is. So, I mean, recency bias, but that has to be in the top three regardless, no matter how how you look at it. So, uh, death taxes in the act, act race at the Honda 100 being the, one of the best races of the year. So, looking forward to uh, that again next year. And uh, so, obviously, then we move on to the uh, the tri-track race, which was uh, <clears throat> pretty eventful. There was uh, a handful of cautions, a lot of strategy trying to be played, but uh, Chuck Hosfeld started on the pole. Led almost the whole race, it felt like, um, a little bit, obviously. Uh, he led the first 80 laps anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he uh, he definitely led for quite a while. Some guys went in to come pit, and obviously Hirschman, uh, you know he's going to be there at the end. But um, Anthony Nocella is just an absolute ringer at tracks like this. Um, you know, he's really good at star, and uh, he's really good at, at places, you know, these small bull rings. And, uh, and so, not, you know, naturally he goes and picks up his first uh, tour win at Loudon. Uh, but uh, earlier this year, but uh, it was a, uh, it was cool. That was a, it wasn't a tour race. Yeah, right? That was a NASCAR race. Uh, I was gonna say it wasn't it wasn't the April show in the MRS series, but uh, that was the NASCAR race. <clears throat> and this, oddly enough, was his first ever tri track win. Really? Despite running very well there, as long as I remember. Um, yeah, was... he he. So no, so was always one of those guys like when uh, so we, we do race pools pretty much everywhere we go i mean it regardless of how you feel about like sports gambling or whatever it, it makes the show so much more interesting when you have actual stake in it it's ten dollars you know whatever and uh i pick him almost all the time because you knew that he's you know he's due and, and usually we're at a place like seaconk or star and he's always really good at those places but uh surprising that it was his first win but yeah he just kind of carved up the field at the end there and uh hosfeld kind of got a little bit loose um and uh it, you could tell that Chuck couldn't really keep it on the bottom coming through the corners. Um, he was washing up a little bit, which was surprising because it looked like Hirschman actually was had a much better car and was going to be able to get by him. But and Hirschman got to second, and they had a, a slew of restarts at the end and tri track for whatever fucking reason. I bitched about this after the SBM 125 at Star has that stupid fucking gimmicky choose cone bullshit. And Matt Hirschman chose the bottom every time. And the second time he did it, I'm like, that's it. He's a coward. He's not even going to try to win this race on the top. And as the racing gods would have it, Chuck Hosfeld chose the top, got down in front of him, and beat him at the end. And I go, good. You didn't deserve to finish second. You deserve to finish third, you coward. Take the top. Yeah. Try to win the fucking race. <laughs> I, I do I do feel like he definitely Who am I won. trying to tell Matt Hirschman what to do? Yeah, like, right, like, absolute dark. <laughs> like Matt Hirschman. Or, or tell him how to win a race. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> He's won more races this year than I've won in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like like Matt Hirschman's not like the best uh, short track driver no. in the country. Yeah. But uh, that wasn't... I was just mad because I had him. and It yeah. was confusing. <laughs> I, so, and so, even though I had no 
no shot of winning the act race because I picked Brian Wall and I think he got cleaned out by uh, was it Eric Sands or somebody. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. But he Brian ended up Wall, in a ball of smoke and the body ripped off. So. Brian Wall actually was very impressive throughout the day though. Ran top five he, all the way to the end and then got wrecked. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, I don't think it was Eric's fault. I think it was just a racing deal. But yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it was it was so. And I wasn't just saying you know all the the good stuff about Chuck Hosfeld because I had him in the race pool either. But I did end up winning with uh, with Chuck. Uh, Chuck Hosfeld is the Brett Favre of modified racing though, because I swear he's retired four times. Yeah, and he just keeps coming back, and he <laughs> runs good, and he keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know the the crew that he had for sure this week, uh, you know paid paid some dividends. Stephen Kopsick obviously putting. Uh, Putting together a pretty good program over there, which uh, it's cool to see, and uh, I'm glad that uh, Stevens kind of felt filled the role that I feel like he uh, he enjoys. I feel like with uh, just some of the conversations we've had with him, he he definitely enjoys the crew chief and deal, uh, you know, a whole lot. So glad that the, those guys had some success, and uh, I'm glad that I uh, profited um, because by the end of the night. There was nothing profitable about it. Um, no, <laughs> it uh, it got out of hand pretty quick, as uh, as it does. Obviously, Charlie, you've experienced uh, Dublin Rose trips in the past. Um, the Dublin Rose is it's it's unique. So sometimes I think that maybe we hype it up too much, but then all of our friends that come there have just as good as a time, and we have an absolute good time every time that we go there. So um, the Dublin Rose in, in Seekonk, it's attached to the Clarion Hotel, which uh, we always book a room at. And um, so we had a room uh, th- this past weekend, obviously, and uh, we showed up to the Dublin Rose for lunch, and then uh, we told them that we were going to be there for uh, for dinner. Well, the lady's like, oh, what time are you guys going to be here? We're like, ooh, uh, we don't really know. Uh, six thirty, you know, six. I mean, I feel like it might not even be that long. Five thirty. Like we're like, oh, I don't know. So she's in, like, well, in my head, I'm going eight o'clock. She, it's gonna be eight o'clock. She, she goes, know she goes. So why don't you, why don't you just call or like uh, reserve on the on the uh, the website? Well, they had uh, two wedding parties that were coming in for at night, which the place isn't that big. It's pretty big, but it's not that big, especially when they usually have a band on a Friday and Saturday nights, which it's takes not away two wedding parties in a racetrack <clears throat> big. No. <laughs> so, so my initial plan was I was going to send Amanda there early cause she wasn't coming to the races, but she was going to be coming to Seekonk or uh, to the Dublin Rose for the after party deal. So I was just going to send her and just be like, Hey, just ask for a table for 150. I don't know. Um, and so when they said that we could do it online, I'm like, all right, perfect. So <laughs> we're sitting in the stands, right? And we're like, I want to say like 40 minutes away or like 40 minutes, 40 laps away from the end of the race. It's like, or like the racing that was the tri-track race. So it's like probably like five o'clock, like wasn't that late. So uh, Abby goes and uh, makes a reservation for six 30. She makes it for 10 people under her name. So then I'm like, all right, just to be safe, what we'll do is I'll put a reservation for 10 under my name for seven or whatever the the exact times were and uh so naturally almost immediately after they go back green after abby makes this reservation massive red flag i mean ambulances involved every tow truck i mean we like they ran out they ran out of tow trucks numerous like four cars needed to be double hooked So, like, I got to the point where, like, I was kind of bored. They stopped selling beer. So, we're, like, wa- I'm, like, walking around the racetrack. And I'm looking down at my phone, and it has been 40 minutes. And I'm, like, holy shit. We're not going to make the first reservation. They still have, like, 40 laps to go. We're not going to make the second reservation. Oh, and then we got traffic. We're probably not going to make 
a third one if we were to make it. So we're like almost to the end of the to you know the races or whatever. And I, I messaged Borges and I'm like, hey man, just make can you like make a reservation for like eight o'clock because we've kind of already burned our bridges. Like Abby has exhausted her reservation. They're probably I tried, not. Happy. I tried to make one. It didn't even. <laughs> Couldn't even get one. It's like, I was like, they're probably not happy with us. Like, my reservation, obviously, we skipped. I'm like, fuck. And uh, so, Bor just made one for, like, 8 o'clock. So, we got there naturally, like, at, like, 7.15. Watched, like, the end of the uh, Xfinity race um, on uh, on my cell phone in the hotel room having beers and stuff. And then everyone just proceeded to go downstairs. But the Dublin Rose is just, uh, it's a very unique little spot. Obviously, a little Irish bar. But they have, like, a band that plays in, like, a little, like, nook in the fucking, the, the, Room, the, I mean, basically, it's just one room um, on one side, the bar, and then another room on the other side. And uh, they have the nook, like a little nook where the, the band always plays. We always end up at the same circular table. And uh, they have like a little they, a makeshift dance floor that's about smaller than the living room kind of deal that we have right here. It's about four or five people wide, and we end up making it pretty uh, pretty wide. So we carved it up. We uh, we <clears throat> absolutely like there there should have been more injuries than Bob's eye being what? absolutely bloodshot. My eye <laughs> is so fucked up. Bob's got conjunctivitis. <laughs> so we were we were we were getting after it um, as we do and. Uh, we were dancing, jumping around like hooligans. Keep in mind, this restaurant is full. No, <laughs> nobody else is on the dance floor other than our our table, our group. There, there was uh, yeah. So, so right before we got up onto the dance floor, we had all uh, for whatever reason we decided that tequila shots were going to be a thing. Well, so no, we no one. So it was naturally shot of tequila. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's what we that's what we started with. We were like, oh, let's do a tequila shot. And then that led up to like four tequila shots, and then uh, so right before we like got to the end, I. I didn't personally order the tequila shots. I was like, oh, but we'll just all split them. There's eight. I asked the lady, she's like, there's 18 of them. I'm like, perfect. I was like, I'll take six. They'll take six. They'll take six. That probably makes sense, right? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gives me a check for everything. And I'm for like, for $600. Fuck. <laughs> the total's like $621. I'm like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> there's like 10 of us here. Um, and so I'm like, well, that that's just an absolute bummer so we had to figure all that shit out it's i put down like two hundred dollars bob put down like two hundred dollars fucking abby put down i don't even i don't know how we got to this this total math but so we end up carving up the dance floor and there's plenty of videos that i saw the next morning that i don't remember taking where we are just absolutely carving up the dance floor like bob said and there is no one else around even uh, remotely <laughs> even remotely interested in I will say out. that they had like they, there was such little space that they pushed some tables like over into this like small corner and like th- these people were kind of cornered in from our dance floor and their table like they couldn't really go anywhere <laughs> and every time I looked over they did have like a smile on their face they were like clapping along you know singing and like so th- I think that they enjoyed that the kids were having some fun but uh just absolute absolute chaos that um uh, Led you know. to poor Mitchie bags accidentally poking me in the eye, and now my right eye, uh, every part of my eye that's supposed to be white is blood red. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just in time for spooky season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. look a little spooky. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, poor Mitchie bags. Mitch felt uh, real bad about that one. But uh, it was weird. Like, we, we were standing around, and uh, got the, the time was dwindling down. It was like, uh, you know, 1130 midnight or whatever, and... Uh, People, more people that we knew just kept filtering in. I remember that, and then I don't remember anything else until I um, was smoking a dart on the bench outside of the Dublin. <laughs> so I'm not really sure how that happened. Um, so apparently, it's a bit of a time gap, it yeah, seems. Yeah, yeah apparently, <laughs> I, walked, <laughs> I walked across 
the uh, the main road, which um, if anyone's ever been to the Dublin Rose, it's pretty, a highway. pretty busy. Yeah, it's a highway. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked in. It's every bit of five lanes. <laughs> Apparently, you know, handed the dude my card and uh, bought a lighter and uh, and bought a, a pack of Marb Reds. So, uh, you know, worst nights have been had. Not really sure how I ended up in that situation. But, um, yeah, I, I remember I ended the night and uh, I... I looked at my wallet and I was like, fuck, I have no cash. Like, that's just a bummer because I brought a bunch of cash to basically just use only cash this weekend. So I won't touch my card. That'll be my you know spending money for the rest of the week. And um, <clears throat> so uh, I woke up the next morning and uh, we were going to Salem. I looked at my bank account. I had a negative $26 in my bank account. I was like, oh, no. How did uh, we get here? <laughs> Looked at my bank statement. Not only did I spend the two hundred dollars uh, on on the dinner, I also spent over a hundred dollars at the actual bar after we got done eating and drinking on just buying. I bought cinnamon toast crunch shots. It might have been a make a twenty night. I don't know why, but um, shit kind of hit the fan. And uh, now Bob and I are uh, we opted out of Buffalo Wild Wings early today. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any overdraft fees, but I also put myself to bed um, before you even went back to the bar. Yeah, I, I I burned up the tires. <laughs> I actually I don't remember like getting back to the bar, but I very much remember sitting down at the bar asking for a high noon. The lady being like, "I need your ID. Here's the ID. Give her my ID." And it had been like what felt like twenty minutes, and she's just helping other people, like getting everyone their checks. And I'm just like, the high noons, I can literally fucking see them. Like, you know what's what going that on? means, Brad? I've been thinking about this since you told me this story on our way back from Salem. I think you got cut off. I might have, I might have. I very, I, but that's the thing that's though. Exactly. Was like, but like, <laughs> no, no. I, so like, I remember, I remember when I sat down. I, which, you guys are onto a good point. Like, probably, that very well might have happened. But I wasn't even there, and I'm telling you that's but, what happened. No, I don't think that it you did. You followed it up by going to the gas station to get cigarettes. I think you got. I don't off. think that it did because Amanda told me that before I went to the gas station, I didn't seem that drunk, and that after the gas station, I also didn't seem that drunk. You probably didn't seem that was drunk to me, but I was blacked no, out. Time out. <laughs> was the conversation, you don't seem that drunk, or is it, oh, no, you're not that drunk. <laughs> no, it was. this was like a, like a couple days later deal, so like I sat oh. down, and because I remember when I sat down, like I think like another wait, like server came over and they were like trying to fucking figure out someone's check. They're like pointing over at like a table, and I'm to be just fair, like, I, I do I'm like, what is going on? The, like I, the recollections I do have, Dublin Rose, is that the check always gets fucked up. It, and it was every time for sure was, and like I don't know who the dude was that walked over, but like it was probably like a manager, and this lady was just trying to figure everything out. So she's like typing onto her computer, like she's trying to land an airplane, and I'm like, I just want a fucking high noon. I can see them, and I have beers up in the the room for free. Like I was just sitting there because like a bunch of the people that we knew were still there and eventually i just remember i gathered all my things and i moseyed on across the street and marbreds apparently were the drink of choice so um you know worse things have happened to better people but uh amanda tried to pull a fast one and throw that whole pack away the next morning i graciously pulled them out of the trash and then you know next time i need a marbred i'll have one but you know how i know is i'm not addicted to them is that i want a whole day in salem uh, really fucking obliterated the next day, and I've gone this whole week so far. I haven't had one yet, so um, next time I get drunk, that's when they'll come out. So Saturday night at Waterford. <clears throat> drank, yeah, drunk cigs don't count. Salem was fun. Yeah. <clears throat> um, kind of felt like we went to a flea market. Cause, uh, yeah. 
Saw a lot of tents that had a lot of rocks. oddities for sale. Don't knock on a flea market, Bob. <clears throat> no, but I, I was going there to like do like spooky witchy shit, and I was excited. We to spent see, a like, lot of time at the flea market. <laughs> I wanted to go into like a haunted. I wanted to go into like a haunted house where yeah, like witches were hung and stuff. Witch. Yeah, no, all we had, this is we are so stupid as a group collectively. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so the witch museum sells tickets. You can only you have to pre-buy your tickets because naturally there's usually forty-five bajillion people there. And but they don't start selling tickets for that day until that day begins, meaning twelve oh one a.m. So okay. we all were like, let's all make sure we set reminders to buy which museum tickets at twelve oh one. I thought you were gonna say you all pre-bought your tickets two days before. <laughs> nope, nope. So uh, um, none of us got tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was cool though. I'd never been to Salem before. The rest of the gaggle had been that we went. It was Abby, Brad, Josh, and uh, his lady friend Bree. Um, kind of walked around. Naturally, found where they sell beer. Naturally, found another place that they sell beer. Went to a taco place that was delicious. And then, uh, then moseyed on back to Maine. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> very much on the ride back to Salem. I was under the impression that I was going to pass away. Um, and uh, so I was like, I don't know that I'm ever going to drink again. And then it was very was like, odd. You and Abby were both in very bad shape. <clears throat> and I know I was way more drunk than you both were Saturday night. And I felt fine other than my right eye having its own pulse. Yeah, my whole like brain, tough. my whole brain had like a separate pulse than the rest of my body, which like was kind of a, a huge problem. But um, so I was like, I'm just not, I'm not drinking. Like I can't, I don't want to drink. And then uh, all of a sudden, some fucking street vendor dude was like, "Come into my beer garden." And I'm like, "All right, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir." Keep in, keep in mind, his beer garden is an easy up tent with two kegs. That was it. There was no. Well, in, what in else fact, do you need, Brad? In fa- well, they had they had an ice cold Bud Light wide wide, and uh, the the, the problem was is that you had to <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> the problem was four sixty nine a month. It was a it was a garden quote unquote. You're just in some other restaurant, yeah, and so you're just was, in the way. It was the village restaurant voted Salem's best burgers according to all their signs. Um, <laughs> they just found a way to just make money which i respect um they had a huge line to eat there but then they just opened up a few kegs on the side to also sell beers for seven dollars a piece so we're just sitting in between people eating their meals yep i don't whatever i was happy i had a beer they had, they had four options brad's brad's kind of selling them short yeah and uh so abby gets some something or other pumpkin white girl bullshit beer and the guy pours half a cup Oof, that's odd pours me my my ice cold wed it's a full cup. And, I'm assuming uh, they had less kegs of that than the other one. No, nope. Abby. Abby's a bartender, so she's smart enough to to figure out what's going on. She's like, I think that's what it's supposed to be, but I'm gonna ask anyway. So she goes back. And she's like, Is it supposed to be? He's like, Yeah, um, that beer is a 12 ounce pour. And she goes, Oh, what's the percentage? And the guy's like, A nine percent. I'm like, <laughs> okay, yep. We only need 12 ounces of that. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take a tall. <laughs> Uh, uh, so. Yeah, so we ended up getting uh, make your own tacos that were pretty um, mediocre at best. What? And, I uh, thought they were good. I I, I was they were, say Bob just said it was fantastic. <laughs> the the you're tacos. Just, you had you had to make your own, and apparently Brad just isn't as good of a taco chef as I am. No, I was just really bummed out because uh, the they weren't bad. I'm not saying they're bad. I just they were very yeah. Like the, the fact is, so is, it, is it to you? Uh, do you get mad if you have to bag your own groceries too? No. 
Well, I, I prefer that. I do it on purpose. But the, mm. the make your own taco deal, right? So at the very end, there's sauce. A lot of pressure. This is what really bothered me. Is that pressure they, at the taco stand? <clears throat> just I didn't know how to make a taco. They had I didn't it's a tortilla, it Bob. They had, they had a lot of you different pick your own ingredients. They had a so lot of different, different, different options. I've it never was, been to Chipotle. You've never, never been, been to Chipotle? Chipotle? No. What? what the fuck? Chipotle is... Well, first off, there hasn't been one in Wyndham until like the last year and okay, that one so you've is had a year that is such a cluster fuck show to try yeah, to get welcome in to of, chipotle I'm not they're interested they're usually not interested <laughs> they're usually not even open to begin with yeah they're they understaffed, they're shit. and you're gonna be in a line out the door i'm but sorry Lindsay. once you yelling, do get the product it's pretty all right and you have a very you have a decent chance of getting e coli but that's not the point so <laughs> yeah, sounds great one, guys <laughs> let me just <laughs> get right the fuck over there <laughs> i don't know that the last time i went a week without having chipotle but so this one you like it's like you're filling out like a fucking sat you got bubbles you got to put in what you want for your fucking ingredients why isn't it just so like i'm a, like a buffet i don't know but that would be easier no, this one was COVID. Cool. So well, you're not but fucking hand fucking. You it. get to the bottom and it Some says sauces and it has all these lists of sauces and I it's would pay buy money to see somebody put their hand in the meat. It's by <laughs> it, it's by how hot they are obviously. It's just like you're ordering wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. It has like a, a bunch of fucking jalapenos and it's like, "Oh, this one's four jalapenos." You're like, "Whoa." And this one at the end's like, "Oh, don't you dare." With like a bunch of fucking exclamation points like it's that fucking hot. Abby gets it. I'm like, you know, I'm not that daring. I don't even feel good. I might not live to see tomorrow. I don't want to shit myself upon death immediately. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get the second to last hottest one. I get it. I take a bite. I'm like, they didn't put the sauce in. I look, they very much put the sauce in. I'm like, well, that's not spicy. So Abby takes a bite of her. She's like, yeah, I, there's no spice to that. I, actually, I think that they gave her her separate. So she dumped it on it. Wasn't any spice. Gives it to Josh. Josh tries it. Like, just the sauce. Nothing. I dip my taco into it. Taste, the su- taste, taste some of it. I'm like, nothing. I'm like, well, that sucks. Because like, I a, wanted something a, hot. Was this a slow release? It was a... No, it wasn't oh. even that. It oh, was I just, thought you were going to say in 10 minutes. It was just crying. not hot whatsoever. And, like, mine... Like, I had the whole taco with the whole fucking second hot one. I'm like, well, this is kind of bullshit, you know? Um, so, But it was, a, it was a nice spot. And any place that has Wachusett Blueberry on draft can stay. Absolute fire. Uh, Love that beer. Best blueberry beer. Oof. So Never good. have I ever. But, uh, yeah, it's a Massachusetts thing. Yeah. Like a local brewery to them. It was uh, It was very good. I enjoyed my time. I was <clears> bummed <throat> that we didn't see any witches hung at city center. We kept asking about it. People weren't looking at us how we expected. Yeah, we kept, you know, when, what time and where are the, li- the hanging? When are the live hangings? <laughs> <laughs> and Brad actually asked uh, when, where he could sign up to participate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I felt like absolute rubbish on like one of the times. And we went into some store and I'm standing there and I'm just, I'm just like, fucking love that word i'm just like looking around like panning you know like when you when you get i don't know it's like it's like what you see in movies or like someone like looks like they get hit by like a stun grenade like everything's blurry and they're like looking around like slowly <laughs> Your but like you ringing. can't see anything still like that's how i felt in this store and i'm like oh yeah no i'm gonna die for sure <laughs> like i'm not gonna make it to lunch and so like we get outside again and i'm like whoo a close one and uh then i was just like bob i think that we should go find the biggest line stand in line and ask the person in front of us if this is the line to get hung (laughs) excuse me ma'am i may be a witch and need to be hung immediately yeah yeah, which I didn't really understand. They had some dude that was like turning twenty dollars into a hundred dollars, and he wasn't getting hung. So I don't know how that was happening. Right, but. magician. 
the act of being a magician, whatever that's magic, yeah. uh, is uh, <laughs> you get it. What a pull! <laughs> yeah, what well, a pull! Well said. Um, uh, that, yeah, they didn't hang that guy, and, and being a magician is f- for certainly some witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. Can, okay, so the whole witchcraft deal. If if you can swim, you're a witch. If you, if you drown and die, you're you, you're not a witch. What you, but if you swim, I'm going to kill you anyway. What you're saying is, Charlie, is people weren't very rational in the 1600s. I, I would say at all. <laughs> you know, really? and the real the yeah. real big bummer is there was a sign, just one sign. I didn't see any duplicates of the sign. It said Salem, Massachusetts, uh, birthplace of the National Guard. A real bummer for the National Guard. They uh, don't they don't really get the credit for uh, Salem doesn't really get the credit it deserves for being the home of the National Guard. Instead, it's all uh, muckied up by this witchcraft bullshit. That uh, seems all right to I me. Telling, I, was I think Bob. that seems accurate. I was telling Bob, though, that we should just have some massive... Well, never mind. Well, no, we're going to say it. But So we should just have some like massive fucking like non-sense-making tragedy in fucking Wyndham and just make Wyndham a uh, tourist destination. Like, it's not already. Uh, you know, like, it, it hung, you hang some witches yeah, Brad, 400 years ago, 500 years ago, and, uh, you know, now everyone goes there in October. Like, what the fuck? Can you imagine? Like, Salem, What's the tragedy we could come up with? Brad's a <laughs> I did not. <laughs> make a timestamp so you can bleep that out, because that's actually what I said. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> did not say 56, that. 56-23. <laughs> So let's just move on to Charlie's weekend. <laughs> wow. I'm that surprised. When you started something. bringing that up, I'm like, why is he? S- this was like a private conversation <laughs> between, the, between the three of us in my truck while we were sitting in traffic in Salem. And then I said, well, I'm absolutely going to blame this on him. Then. <laughs> uh, so we're going to want to cut that out. Yeah. That's we'll, stealing, we'll that's stealing that. from Sandy Hook anyway. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so my Saturday and nobody knew what that place was. Yeah. Well, you get it. So, uh, my Saturday, uh, while you guys were having a time out in the, the Seekonk Dublin Rose, uh, area, I was, um, MC for the second night in a row. I was, uh, made the trek up to the Augusta civic center and we inducted the 2022, uh, main motorsports hall of fame class of inductees presented by the main vintage race car association. For those that don't know, I am on the board of directors there. Uh, pretty easy to get sign up for a membership if you want go right online it's mainvintagerace.org uh, sign up for a membership it's like 20 bucks for a year it's less than $2 a month uh, and it helps preserve the history of racing in the state of Maine but for the first time in a very long time Andy Austin uh, opted out of being the MC of the, the event and asked me if I would do it and we inducted the likes of Rusty's grandfather Kennison Chummy Brown Big John Fippen Harvey Sprague Pete Labonte Del Merritt, Kelly Moore, and Dick Glines, all of which are uh, main staples in the racing community. It's done some shit for sure. Um, pretty cool to uh, hear the stories and uh, all the uh, the happenings that they did, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, even sometimes, you know, 60 years ago for a lot of these people. And uh, uh, certainly laid the groundwork for us to do what we're doing right now and sit on a couch and fucking talk about race cars. So uh, it's pretty cool to pay homage to those people. Uh Pretty cool picture. I think Sandy Haley, Oriana Lovell also, and um, uh, Chris Allen were also there taking photos. But uh, there's a picture. Obviously, I'm emceeing the event, and each inductee has a person that is there to induct them, and I'm more or less just the filler in between. So the first one, they did it in alphabetical order. Chummy's up first, and 
uh, you know, kind of backstory to this. I've been sharing a shop with Rusty for the last what's it been two three years now. Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. And uh, you know, obviously Chummy is one of his go to people, and Chummy's you know wrenched on my car, and I've known Rusty for a long time now. So one of the coolest pictures I've seen so far is. Obviously, I introduce Rusty to the stage. Rusty then says his speech and brings Chummy up on stage. And there's a picture of all three of us up there. And that was uh, that was pretty cool to see that. And then, uh, unfortunately, Kelly Moore wasn't able to make it. I think his boat was on the roof of his house or some shit on, in uh, Florida because of the, uh, the weather that they've had down there lately. And I'm no gynecologist, but boats typically don't go on the roof of a house so he was a little busy i guess and uh then uh uh you know there were some other ones that were posthumously inducted and uh it was a good time all around Lindsay was my my hot date for the evening and uh she was very supportive the whole time and uh her father dan also inducted the next uh main state driver of the year where the finalists were i believe joey dwyer max cookson uh brent oof what's his name Parrot. Brent Parrot, thank you. Um, Trevor Krause and Garrett Lamb. Garrett Lamb. And uh, Max Cookson took the award home uh, with a one point advantage over Joey DeWaron after the voting. And uh, Max took a pretty sweet looking trophy home. Uh, one that I helped design with the Main Vintage Race Car Association with uh, Dan Walker and some others and Greg Emerson. And um, pretty cool to see that tradition going forward now. That's the second one that we presented. So. Uh, good on Max. We had a good little gaggle crowd at the uh, the uh, the ceremony there. Chris Smith was there with his wife Kristen, and uh, we had ourselves a time. You know, it was a it was a good little ceremony. We were upstairs at the Civic Center. It was a little bit better than when we were downstairs last year. A little bit more uh, personal, more banquety feeling, and uh, we uh, we did some pretty cool shit on Saturday. Yeah, definitely a well deserving for our buddy Max. We like to clown on him every once in a while and bring up some uh, some funny stories that involve him, but. Uh, definitely, uh, good for, uh, good for him for uh, getting the driver of the year very well deserving and, uh, good for everyone that got inducted. It's a, it's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool honor that they got there. Um, what did we do Sunday? What was Sunday? I don't know what you did Sunday, but I know you played yesterday. In well, I, I didn't quite play. What? I did something on you Sunday. You should have. You'd have done better than those fucking bums did. <laughs> what did we do on Sunday? We did the thing and then... I don't know why you're asking us. We weren't with you. There's something else. What else did we do on Sunday? Oh, you watched Kevin's child get baptized. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we went to the dunk tank at the church. That's actually why you should ask me, because I knew what you did. Thank you, pal. Uh, (laughs) Did you hit it with the softball? No, they didn't give me the apple or whatever you throw at it. No, uh, well, yeah, Sunday we went to the uh, the church. Nobody got struck with lightning. Nothing burst into flames. I was going to say they let you in there? Um, Yeah, it was a a Catholic ceremony, so it was seven seven hours long. I uh, got my aerobics in, getting up and down. And, Did you oh, have the cookies? God, turn around and no, they they weren't handing out the bread and the the fucking grape juice wasn't for everyone or whatever. As a member of someone or as a member of a family who is all Catholic, you should probably refrain from using Catholic and aerobics in the same sentence. Carry on. I'm not the Catholic family, so it doesn't matter. No, 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 but you were at a Catholic church, and you were like, it's a Catholic ceremony, so we were doing aerobics, and I was like, oh, my God. I don't understand. I don't either. 
<clears throat> Explain. Well, uh, up, so down, the, up, down, up, down, up, well, down. All I do is whip. It is depends that... on what the priest makes you do, but sometimes he would make you Oh, yeah. No, there was no uh, child molestation going on, if that's what you were referring to. <laughs> that um, is uh, pretty much what I was referring yeah, to. Thank you so much. Just taking a little bit of a clown no, on the What climate. does that have to do with aerobics? Uh, cause, well, I don't know if you've ever done the, the Catholic deal. Uh, and I love Kevin to death, and I love his wife, uh, Leanne, and the baby, obviously, Oliver. Great kid. Um, so far, so it's, far. it's pretty new. <laughs> you say ob- <laughs> you say obvious. We don't know that. Um, but no, it, it, I, I love the I love them all to death. Uh, their their wedding was Catholic. I was the best man at the wedding. Again, up down up down. Yeah, spin around, do a shot. Fucking do a backflip. You, know, you turn back yourself on around. <laughs> yeah, you get you, to do you shots. Gra- you grab one of the bridesmaids and then you go back and then you throw the rings at somebody. And, Sounds and like a you, fucking night at the you, Dublin. Then you're eating bread and then. Yeah, you know, I have to wear a suit and shit. But the the last the the baptism deal on Sunday, it was good. You know, we we I I very much told Lindsay we were going to a baptism. Now, for those that have never been to a baptism, you have to go to church first, right? You go to oh. you go to mass first. I I may have I'll catch left, you. I'll catch you at the after party. I, I, <laughs> I, I may have left that fact out, and and she's like, wait a minute, maybe get a brunch. She's like, are we going to church? I'm like. Like, yeah, like, it's at a church. She's like, no, 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 no. Like, are we going to church before? I'm like, yeah, you, you kind of have to go through mass before you do the baptism deal. She's mm. like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, well, I I may have left that out on purpose <sighs> because that's tough. Catholic church, it starts at 1030. It ends at, I think it was 1230. And then the, the baptism deal was at, like, 1. Um, so we, we, we sat through mass. And uh, nobody died. Mm. Uh, got a lot of aerobics. My knees are worn out. Uh, didn't read the book. Didn't really touch it. Actually, uh, I thought it would have burst into flames or something. Yeah, you shit, didn't want to. You don't want to be scratching your fucking fingers like right. Me or whatever. Yeah, you get it. But uh, no, we we watched the kid go in the dunk tank. He he's uh, washed of all of his uh, future wrongdoings or whatever the whatever it is. But uh, no, it was good. We went to the house afterwards. We had some f- free food, which never sucks. We were dressed to the nines, and then uh, we came home, fucked off the rest of the night. And then uh, we got up and um, dropped the dog off at my uh, my stepmother's house for, for her to watch Budward. And we made our first ever trek down to Foxborough Gillette Stadium and uh, watched the Patriots get their dicks kicked in by the Chicago Bears. Uh, <clears throat> that was Monday. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Um, tough, tough go of it. Uh, I don't know that anyone really had uh, the Chicago Bears winning that game on their bingo card, but they did. Just, and they did Justin convincingly. Fields just... Showed up. The Patriots made him look like Lamar Jackson. Which, that is true. Justin Fields fucking stinks. I don't think Justin Fields stinks that bad. Well, the Bears stink. Yeah, Justin Fields is is pretty good. I was going to say, I feel like Justin Fields would be the Lamar Jackson on Lamar Jackson squad, given the opportunity. But But he hasn't hasn't looked like Lamar Jackson until yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. But uh, Can't win them all. No, you can't. Sunday, though, uh, we we came back from uh, the the dunk tank deal there, and uh, I I, I nailed the NASCAR race perfectly. Uh, I, I turned the TV on. I watched like except your pick fifteen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I watched like fifteen minutes of pre-race. I watched the flyover, and then there were sixty laps to go. Perfect. Yeah, I nailed it. You could I, not have. <laughs> you could not have watched a cup race better. I, I think I nailed it. And you I watched... picked Noah Gregson. That was a complete scrub for a pick. Unfortunately, our good pal uh, did not dick stomp like I thought he was going to two days in a row. No. 
Yeah, unfortunate uh, unfortunate for uh, Noah there. I did also think that he was going to do pretty good. I had money on him to finish in the top ten. He very much did not. But you um, didn't have money on the winner, uh, okay. even though you picked him in this pool for the okay. second week in a row. Okay. And for the s- one, two, three, four, five, six time this year, you've outright won. Um, and you, you've yet to uh, actually make any money off this. Yeah. I um, Coward. I did. True. Uh, <laughs> can't even say anything because I'm also bummed out about it. I, uh, y- <clears throat> I, you know what I really needed though was I needed a zero point week. I just wanted to. Ma- maintain yeah, you, just, you stretched your lead from uh, 48 to 69 to 72 to now 48 to 72 to 74. Perfect. Yeah, I got a. Uh, <laughs> I'm back within striking distance of Charlie. I really, I fucking can't afford these bad weeks. Like I need a zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um but uh, uh I'm two <clears throat> points back at Charlie. I don't know as if wearing my racing get up on an airplane is gonna be the ideal setup. I feel like I might get put on a list, maybe not allowed to fly. <laughs> no, I think that so you we're gonna have to probably come up with something different. I think that you wearing your uh your fire suit on an airplane is almost perfect because it's like, is this guy flying? I don't know. Like maybe <clears throat> Yeah, but I was thinking more along the lines of like it needs to be the full get up, like helmet, gloves, shoes. And I feel like if you're wearing a helmet, <laughs> they're not letting you on the airplane. I think that they. No, I think that what you need to do is you need to get on the airplane with the fire suit on, everything, gloves, everything, and the helmet just <laughs> in your hands. And you need a chest mount GoPro. You need to walk right by the stewardess, just like, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Daytona 500. Ever heard of it? That's where I'm headed. <laughs> no, it's not that I don't trust you guys. It's just that I. Yeah, I I'm trying know. to be safe. I still don't think I'm doing that. <laughs> Try, I don't cu- playing games and causing ruckus at the airport. Just, it's <laughs> not the move. <laughs> That's why you wait till you get on the actual airplane. You really make an inconvenience. Oh, get changed <laughs> during the flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just walk. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I got to go to the bathroom and then just throw on your fire suit and helmet. So uh, Kyle Larson <laughs> won at Homestead. He dominated. I guess he wrecked Martin Truex on pit road. That's even better. I love that. Uh, I, uh, bigger, bigger Kyle Larson <laughs> fan. I did miss uh, that. The uh, the podium pals uh, of the week presented by podium. Oh yeah, there's still podiums. I'm still racing um, on. I uh, I missed Colin Van Ness. Uh, he won at Waterford last week, and uh, I very much told uh, I believe his dad on uh, on Twitter that I would put him in the list of podium pals, and then I very much forgot. So he is uh, the one and only podium pal of the week presented by Only Podiums because, uh, well, frankly, there wasn't much racing going on. Oh, Dave Cameron picked up a win. So, yeah, uh, he wanted Star. Uh, Max Dolliver wanted Star, but they took it away in the tech shed. You'll have oof. that. Um, the howler happened. I couldn't tell you who won that. I think Albie Ovid won something. Uh, I think he won the four-banger version. No, he didn't win the four-banger. I think he won the V6. He was le- going to win the four-banger and got a flat tire or something. Uh, uh, I do. Uh, I'm also... Uh, well, today's episode is also brought to you by uh, Pit Lizard Industries. Thank you to DJ Trudeau for hopping on board. Follow them on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook. Uh, I do have a weapon of the week, and it is me. Um, so I, uh, <clears throat> I, I've been... Really, I've been using a top sheet and like a really thin blanket in bed. So uh, I, I woke up cold one morning and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put on this, this, the next closest blanket that I have hanging uh, or just in one of my drawers was a, uh, was a weighted blanket. It's like a 12 pound weighted blanket, whatever. I was like, good. I'll feel like I'm getting cuddled. Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> definitely warmed me up. Uh, I've also been on a really, really big hot streak of turning off my alarm every time or uh, just turning off my alarm, snoozing it and then falling back asleep. So um, apparently this one morning in particular, I woke up with my weighted blanket on, got absolutely fucking livid that my alarm was going off, 
went to go fly around, like spin around as fast as I could to turn the fucking thing off so I could, you know, get back to the snoozy snoozes and uh, absolutely pulled my back and was limping around for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> weapon of the week is me. And uh, weighted blankets are nothing to be fucked with. I love my weighted blanket, though. Abby hates it, and uh, so I only use it on the nights that she does not stay at my house, and she gets, like, almost jealous as if I'm sleeping with another woman. <laughs> it's like, uh, I fucking hate that thing. I'm like, well, it's the only reason I can sleep alone. So, yeah, I was going to say, it's, uh, it's, a, it's well, a blanket. So, yeah. And it's not Michael Jackson's kid. <laughs> I wonder how he's yeah, what doing. What a weird mo- Michael, he's dead. No, the blanket. <laughs> He's in Bobby's bed. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, Brad and I are having this fun little game of volleyball. And who can accuse each other of the most egregious shit? And now the ball's on my side. <laughs> that was good. That was a good uh, one. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here pretty much all week. I got to piss. But... Yeah. <clears throat> it's 10 o'clock. Boys. Like, yes. well, actually, so Monday, uh, yesterday, I guess, I, I forgot to, uh, or I left out on an accident. Uh, we had a pretty good head count at... Uh, uh, Gillette Stadium. Other than the sixty thousand people that were there, there was uh, people that we knew. In a weird twist of fate. Oh, Patreon. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we God. got Patreon. We got to do picks. Patreon. I might as well tell this story. So, what Charlie's going to be <laughs> about to say, I'm going to preface this. A few weeks ago, uh, Patrick Sullivan messaged me. He was in Las Vegas for a work con- uh, conference, not concert. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bill Dodger does not have concerts, I don't think. <laughs> Sign me up. Um, and he saw somebody walking around in Las Vegas with a BFP shirt. Oh, this is the same person. No, I'm just saying, like, oh. we're going to talk about how you, I'm going to ruin it for you, saw somebody at Gillette Stadium at a Patriots game wearing a BFP shirt. Well, yeah, yeah that wild. did happen. So, <laughs> um, yeah, this has grown into something way bigger than we ever probably initially thought that it was going to be. Um, so, again, we're at Gillette Stadium. It holds, what, 63,000. 63,000 people. It was pretty much sold out. And we're, we're sitting... We somehow scored tickets. We were 20 rows up from the field goal, that, and that was it. There, there was nothing else in front of us. We were basically in the game. Yeah, I'm trying to catch the fucking balls and shit. Like, EA Sports. Like, we were in the game. And, uh, you know, uh, the official head count so far was us, Lindsay and I. Uh, Woody Pitcat was at the game. DJ Shaw was at the game. Um, Swanson. S- Maddie Swanson was at the ben game. Ben Bazowski. Ben Bazowski. So we had a good little uh, spread out gaggle of sorts. But You guys were... Patiently waiting for the feature. The the one thing, and I've never NASBALLed before. I've never been to an egg ball game uh, of professional stature. And the one thing that I noticed that nobody can seemingly figure the fuck out is how to sit down. It's up and down and up and down, and I got to <clears> piss. And then people are, the, nobody can just sit, stand in one fucking place. Ah, you went to that Catholic egg ball game. The, apparently. <laughs> it's just up, up and down, down, up and down, down, up and down. down. And All then I fuck do is win, 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 no matter what. Up, down, got money up, on down, my mind, up. I can never get enough. When? And every time I step up in the building, everybody hand go up. So, and they stay there. <laughs> and they stay there. So so up, down, we're, up, down, we're in this up, row 28 down. here, and people are going by us back and forth, back and forth. And finally, the, the, it's a blowout towards the end, right? And, and a couple people in our row, they, they, they leave. And, you know, there's somebody else walking by. And we're standing up. And the guy, he's like, he's like, no, no, no. I, I'm not trying to go by you. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you trying to do? Chris <laughs> going that. in on a verse because I've never been defeated and I won't stop now. Put yeah. your hands up. Put your hands up. <laughs> I was there to make it folks locked down. <laughs> I never met no one. They yelling <laughs> looters back. <laughs> but on that contour. Yeah. What were you saying? 
So anyway, this Cuzzo was like, <laughs> "All Brad does on, is win." I'm not, I don't need to go buy you. I'm like, "Well, this is uh, that's kind of weird. What are you trying to do then?" He's like, he's like all shaky and like nervous. I'm like, don't if, drop a name. You you can't you can't be like, ah, oh, he was. I'm gonna have to pee, and then he dropped the name. No, no, no. Now he was all shaky and nervous. So I'm like, oh, good, this gonna shoot should. the whole row. Well, he's nervous. He and, saw you in real life for the first time. It was like this guy looks like a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So <laughs> just got back from Catholic anyway, mass. It well, it just kind of it blew my mind a little bit. He's like, I just, I just wanted to introduce myself. Like my 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 name's uh, it was fuck it Alex Tardif, not the not the NAS driver, but uh, not the guy from Quebec to finish third in no, the act race. On he's Saturday. like, my name's Alex Tardif. Quebec. Big fan of the show. You know, I I saw you at Jack Chevrolet when you bought your Tahoe. Like I, I was I was too nervous to talk to you then, and I've been I, I, I've seen you all night. Like I've been too nervous to come over here. I, I just I finally got up and I want to do. it. I was like I am literally no Mac Jones is on the field right now, and you're nervous. No, he wasn't. He was on the it. bench. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, Bill Zap was Bill, on there. Billy Zippy was throwing game. balls off the fucking hands um, of all the defensive linemen of Chicago. I think I had once too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was pretty bad. But anyway, uh, he's like I just I just wanted to you know introduce myself. Like I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm like you're you're talking to me right now, right? Like he's like yeah, he's like Black Flag podcast, I love it. He's like I'm even wearing your shirt right now. I was like, are you fu- like for real? Fucking f- whips his tits out, fucking pulls the shirt down. I'm like holy fuck, you really are wearing a BFP shirt. It was fucking, it was just crazy to me. Super cool. Uh, guy's a dude. Um, that loves the, the show. Just wanted to wanted to talk. Shout out, it, it, pretty cool. So at the races, or not the football game, not the even at the races. Literally sixty three thousand people there. And we were in the same row, and only two people knew what his shirt meant. It maybe, <laughs> maybe two. Yeah. Woody, Matt, you, Lindsay. In our row, it was Lindsay and I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that yeah. was it. But uh, pretty cool, Alex Art. If you're a dude, you can stay uh, for sure. Let's we had have a couple a beer. pals at Seacon came up. Uh, one guy was messaging the BFP page, wanted to meet us, and he conveniently came over when Brad left. Yeah, so I, I got uh, to meet him. I went so. to go deliver some goods, and uh, unfortunately missed that, which was a real bummer, actually. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's always cool to see people repping, and uh, we have some merch that's uh, going out in the next handful of days. I believe that we had, like, Virginia. We had... Virginia? Yeah, we had, uh, we had Tejas. We had Tejas, and we had, uh, I think, Michigan was uh, was all getting some merch. There was only, like, five or six orders. They were all going out in the next couple of days, and uh, Pretty neat. all going all around the country. So that's cool, yeah. but uh, we if do you, have if some... If you ever want to see it, just talk to us. I promise we don't bite that hard. Yeah. No, in fact, I think, especially Brad and I, we're kind of shy and awkward, too. So oh, yeah. like yeah yeah so like it, we, we're not standoffish we're just shy until well it, it gets probably to know us, and it then ca- we don't shut the fuck up it but. catches us just as off guard <laughs> as it is you seeing us because we don't think we're important in any way whatsoever yeah I mean Correct. I forget I feel like we're just shooting the shit here I forget that people willingly listen to this like on purpose they go out of their way like to they listen can't wait to, to do tomorrow to wake up and be like, fuck yeah new in, episode in, of in fact like I'm surprised that we didn't have more people that reached out this week and were upset that we didn't have an episode drop today uh, rather than it's going to drop obviously tomorrow that usually happens a lot we did pre-warn them um, but uh, we did pre-warn them me. luckily That's people luckily people uh listen to the show and they they don't skip around and stuff like that but uh yeah um, we definitely appreciate everyone listening and we're uh, we're pretty close to a quarter of a million downloads which is uh, pretty fucking wild so um we appreciate everyone that tunes in. We definitely appreciate the uh, people on Patreon. Four sixty nine uh, so a month. Nice. We nice. will uh, be uh, reading off some Patreon questions now. I guess Alex Krakowski, top three one liner insults. Cuck. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be cuck. Oh, that's one word. I thought yeah, one liner. Yeah, well, one you're word. a fucking cuck or something yeah. like that. But the use of the word cuck has to be one. Yeah, that's pretty, it's just it's the pretty ultimate. Ins- like pretty if, insulting. Yeah. 
I feel like getting for those that don't know, it means watching someone else fuck your wife. Uh, um, yeah, or, or, or your husband. Yeah. yeah, you get it. We don't discriminate here. Uh, uh, cunt. I feel like that. we don't kink shame nah. if you're into that thing. Nah. No, no. I mean, uh, cunt is just not. That's not bad anymore. That's it, just. Is that just? Kids basically come pre-programmed to say cunt, I feel like. Uh, Dropped um, a few weenies lately. Yeah, weenies are like fucking doofus. Like, doofus. I feel like doofus definitely Abby likes hard. to call me a dingus. I, I mean, pal, uh, I feel like is is very one way or the other. Don't You're fucking either... pal me. I yeah, feel like exactly. we... No, you get it. No, I don't. I feel like we can't be that way, though, because no, we call no, all of our yeah, Patreon no, pals pals. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah. But that, I feel like that was the irony. <clears> we've spun it? it around... We spun it around. We no. spun pal into a good word. Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, I, my it's grandfather, always been, it's always been good. Yeah, my grandfather called me pal like my whole entire life. Yeah, so then it just kind of like transferred over. Um, well, I don't have any anymore. So <laughs> and it hasn't been I. for like a really long time. Um, well, at least you have. But uh, we the are a grandfatherless show. I feel like doofus <laughs> or like like dingus or dweeb. Dweeb's a real bad one. <laughs> I feel like dweeb fucking cuts like a knife. Dweeb, really? Uh, we are dweebs. Uh, we are definitely dweebs, but. But I feel like if if you're just like Nerd. in the middle of like an altercation and with someone and they're just like you fucking dweeb, I feel like I makes would snap. me feel more <laughs> like a dweeb than approximately we'll say two hours ago when we entered a Zoom call with a professional race car driver, and then there's just us three. Hey, we have a podcast like that. Absolutely makes me feel like the biggest well, dweeb in the world. Well, it didn't that between the three of us, we knew nothing about him. So. I knew he won the Arca That's Championship That's fucking bullshit. That, Charlie, I fucking researched okay. all day. I looked through his Twitter and Instagram. I read his entire <laughs> Wikipedia twice. <laughs> Because it's about seven lines. So again, I reiterate, the three of us knew nothing about him. No, that's uh, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> uh, a- Angel Waregi said, uh, what's the backstory to the YD after saying Bud Light? It's uh, actually a playoff off of Stone Cold Steve Austin's Bud. Um, but what? Uh, the what, the way that he Beer. says it. What? The way Tequila. That, what? Bud. The way that he says Bourbon. it. Bourbon. What? It, it Whiskey. Just, what? It has turned into a uh, spinoff with the Pat McAfee show that Bob and I tune into every single day with uh, their whole cast of characters that they have where they uh, they had St- Stone Cold on and they uh, always talk about beer and talk about whiskey and what? talk about tequila. What? And uh, it has turned into WED, which is W-H-A-D, WED. Uh, so anytime that it's you... It's code uh, word for Bud Light, so if you hear us talk about an ass cold WED, yes, it's Bud Light. Yes, uh, but also... It could also be played like if uh, if I was like, hey Bob, like I uh, want like a wiggy sour. It'd be like wed, uh, wiggy, you know, wiggy. Yeah. <laughs> wiggy. Anytime we wiggy can wed. interject it into a <laughs> into a song, like we were driving. I can't remember if we were oh, driving. Dude, we fucking played some of this shit. We were either so perfectly. We were either driving to Seekonk we or were. to Salem. It was to Seekonk. And Billie Eilish's "Bad Guy" comes on, <laughs> and the part where it's like a. It's like a lyric, <laughs> it's like a lyrical pause, and then I'm she just a goes, "Bad guy." What? <laughs> we crack ourselves up. We never even like we didn't rehearse it. We weren't like, "Hey, Bob, at this point we're gonna do this. Hey, at this we point we're gonna do this." No, we do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was so perfectly and on time. Abby's dying up. laughing. Oh, yeah. It was a great. It was a great little deal. I'd accidentally changed lanes. There was a. Four- <laughs> There was a four-car pile up in the mirror. Two tragedy. It just there might have been a death. I don't know, but uh, we didn't live. Oh man, ah, so much fun. We have way too much fun. Uh, our our buddy Slim, who just subscribed to Patreon, thank you, Michael Barbieri. Um, yes, uh, said, oh, we like him. Yeah, has, uh, has sat with us at Seacon. He can stay. He did. Great guy. Has anyone heard from Gary the Bee? His drunk ass was last seen ripping off his right front on a light pole, and FUI would be a bad look. 
flying under the influence. So Gary, <laughs> Gary was a hornet. Gary and uh, Gary, Gary flew right into Abby's beer, and then she, was shit house. So, so Abby, Abby has a uh, a oh, a bee tattoo, and she she really likes bees. She she gets after me. Don't kill them; they're fine. And she is like oh, zen with the bees. Don't so she me will be fine. So she fishes him out of the beer, and this motherfucker is stumbling around. <laughs> this thing was fucked up. Oh, we had a field day. He was he you you could literally see him wiping his face off, like because he had been swimming in beer. I mean, imagine how fucked up you'd be if you just jumped in a swimming pool full of beer. Like I'd be fucking hammered. And this bee was fucked up and i he may have perished I, yeah, don't right. know. <laughs> I mean he made it pretty high up there and started descending like a fucking airplane that's uh you know ran out of steam so i don't, I don't know i uh i assume that gary has passed on but uh for uh for the sake of honey i hope he, that he's still kicking he uh he had a hell of a send-off he did he that's did. the way i want to go <laughs> if i'm terminally ill boys fill up a pool full of beer and <laughs> drop me in <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Scott Fowler says, do you no. think a deaf girl... whole thing out. so fucked. <laughs> 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 question. <laughs> nope. Uh, Corey Roussel said, top three favorite video they games They use sign language time. to commu- commute with... Uh, communicate it's 10 o'clock i need to go to bed they use sign language to communicate with others that is a solo act that nobody else is involved with so why would they need to use sign language so what is she saying to herself then what she's doing who knows it? if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it it doesn't make a sound so no, is, it, like is the, a tree the flicking motion's got to be something right if there's the tree flicking its bean because i feel like you might hear it when it falls i don't think beans grow on timber trees. <laughs> You know how long it took me to realize what that was from? Yeah, and then you brought up fucking it was, Dude Sins. Yeah. I'm like, hey, that's what that's from, you know, right? I was like, hey, has anyone listened to, or has anyone watched the Dude Sins? And Bobby's like, yeah, you know that whenever I say Timber, that's from the Dude Sins? And I immediately was like, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah what of fucking cl- Yarpies, like, fucking <laughs> flying through a tree. <laughs> he climbs to the top of this 30-foot tree, and then they <laughs> just cut, cut it down. <laughs> Ah, oh, they're fucking hilarious. <clears throat> what an absolutely reckless show. That's like <laughs> jackass on steroids. Yeah. Uh, Corey Russell, top three favorite video games all time. So Okay, Dirt uh, to Daytona, mm. Eva Destruction. And uh, NASCAR 2005 Chase for the Cup. ESPN NFL Ooh. 2K5. Mm. Uh, you had like your own apartment. You like like buy furniture and shit with the money yeah, that you Madden, got. Madden 05 was the same way, like career mode. Uh, I was a running back. I requested a trade uh, 37 times until I finally got put on the Patriots. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> respect that. No respect in the league because my agent was pissed. <laughs> I, was labeled, I was labeled a diva because <laughs> I requested too many trades. Absolutely a, a different list on my end. Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. No. Two, Skate 3. And three, NASCAR Chase for the Cup 2005. Absolutely terrific fucking game. Was that the Dodge um, Raceway? Yeah, that was the. Really they kind of the like they kind of they kind of ripped off to date uh, dirt to Daytona. They had modifieds. Um, yeah, no dirt, but yeah, yeah. That was absolutely uh, test drive Eva Destruction though. I think is number one top overall. one, like, yeah. like of all time. And then uh, Cordell Smith said, "Bob, how can one go about getting a T-shirt and hat?" I would assume he's talking about your T-shirts and hats, in which you contact you. And then, yeah, uh, send me a message. I can ship them out to you if you want BFP merch. Uh, use the website. Yeah, uh, use the website and uh, and uh, for for uh, cheaper merch, be a uh, 
Patreon pal, four sixty nine a month. Yeah, you uh, Patreon.com slash Black Life Podcast. Save uh, you save twenty percent on uh, all website orders and we've, uh, we've heard allegedly, I cannot confirm, but if you wear BFP merch, you're more attract uh, more attractive to the pit lizards. Shout out Pit Lizard Industries. That did, yes, that is that uh, is actually that a scientific fact. And uh, be sure uh, to check out the uh, website here in the next couple of days as we have uh, I believe a couple new uh, shirts dropping, a couple new merchandise orders that will be up for pre-order. Again, these are pre-orders, so when you place your order, um, we will submit the order in the next uh, couple weeks. Last but chance to get in on the mystery box. It is the last chance to get on the mystery box in which we revealed it is not necessarily a mystery. The box is a Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea Cooler, um, but what is inside is a mystery. There will be a whole assortment of goods, uh, probably some uh, Cat recent... No, not that. <laughs> oh. uh, recent... Uh, or former guests of the program's merchandise, some autographs from some uh, recent uh, guests, some, maybe some people that we've interviewed um, that are actually on YouTube, some people that we plan on interviewing in the future, uh, a whole bunch of autographs and uh, a whole bunch of goodies and stuff like that. So um, it's your last chance. We'll be doing that drawing next Monday evening. So uh, any order on the website gets you a free entry into that whole deal up until uh, Monday afternoon, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, do that. And uh I guess uh, the last thing that I have before we do our NASCAR picks is uh, <clears throat> we uh, we are doing the Gaggle 150 presented by Advil, the second or third annual running this coming weekend at Foxwoods. Uh, so right after Waterford, that's what uh, our weekends will consist of, I believe, is uh, going to the New England Waterford Speed Bowl and uh, the Pro All-Star Series American Canadian Tour. It's uh, a New London Waterford Speed Bowl, not New England. Is that what I said, New England? Yeah, nah, I, I was trying to fucking rush through it. <clears throat> the, 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 the New London Waterford England, Speed Bowl. The the London, England, Waterford, Paris. Uh, pip, pip, Cherry Hope. Ra- racetrack. Uh, Pro All-Star Series, American Canadian Tour, Street Stock fucking championship looking deal here. Uh, Pro 4 Modifieds and the New England Super Modified Series will be all in attendance. And uh, it's going to be a great day to go out and check out the uh, house that Daddy is building. Uh, the second or third annual, probably the second, I think, annual uh, of the uh, Gaggle 150 will be at Foxwoods following. And uh, everyone that has asked if we were going to be staying at Foxwoods, that is a no because the rooms are uh, outrageously expensive. So I uh, do have fence line films. Tom, the modified guy, will be uh, coming on board to uh, to bring some GoPros and uh, record the Gaggle 150, which is always a absolute and total fuck show. Um, so looking forward to that. Thank you, Tom. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've had some uh, some wild, wild, extravagant uh, Foxwoods go karting trips in the past. Some cracked helmets, some hurt egos, some ruptured souls. Um, For reference, <clears throat> last time we went, we got the entire party parked and spoken to. <laughs> yeah, I during the middle of the race, I didn't, I didn't as mean. to be expected. Yes, I mean Charlie. You and I worked at an indoor go kart track. Anytime people brought their own helmets, you knew it weren't going to be good. It was a nightmare. weren't going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unfortunate. Well, last year, the last running of the Gaggle 150 was last year in March or something like that. Um, We lost our good friend Matt Swanson. uh, We did. We did lose uh, our good friend Matt Swanson. It was uh, March of twenty twenty. I think I uh, we we did it. it we've we've done it twice, but I believe that the actual last running the gaggle one fifty snap that I have of everyone's name like on the leaderboard or whatever was like back in the spring of last year, um, which is actually right. Right, it was twenty twenty one. Yeah, right, so March of twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one, and uh, Ben Basowski actually showed up and put a hundred dollars on the line for the winner. And uh, Jeremy DeCourcy had led, I'm pretty sure, the entire race before Reagan wrecked <laughs> I him. I led the first few laps and blocked him like a son of a bitch. <laughs> 
And uh, so Reagan uh, or Jeremy, of course, ends up taking the lead, thinks he's going to win $100. And I think going into the last turn, Reagan wrecked Jeremy. And Jeremy was going to fucking murder him. He was going to quit. Oh, my God. (laughs) Very, very, very pissed. Uh, Which, I mean, rightfully so. That's just goes to show you put anything on the line and racers will lose their minds. It could have been a dollar. Oh, my God. And And I started on the poll, I think, because I was the fattest one out there. And I was like, I'm leading every lap. May no motherfucker get by me. (laughs) I I held him off for like three laps, and then he finally just shipped me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's always a good time. Anyone, uh, we say anyone's invited loosely because we don't know how many people are going to actually show up and uh, how, uh, I guess, (laughs) how many people they're going to be allowing us to have. But uh, shoot us a message. We hit the maximum last time. Yeah, Yeah, we we had the entire field. We should should have... a handful of spots that are open at least. So I know a lot of our friends are going to be in attendance. A lot of people are already confirmed, but looking forward to that. Should be fun. Thank you again, Defense Line Films, for hopping on board. Thank you for Pit Lizard Industries for sponsoring this one. I believe we got NASCAR picks before we roll into Brett Holmes. Yeah, Martinsville. Charlie, you're up first. Joey Logano. Yep, that's good. I'm uh, I'm second, and I uh, this guy needs to win. I hope he wins to get into the Final Four. Denny Hamlin. Ah, well, I was going to take Denny Hamlin, but I will take William Byron. And so, he's probably going to win just yep. because Brad picked him. Yep, probably. Just William Byron on your second Martinsville win of the year. Yeah, yeah I should probably uh, put some money on him this week, but I probably won't because I don't. I, I, look, coward, through, like, I look through our coward. numbers here. Brad has picked the winner of the cup race 10 times this year. Was it 10? I probably. thought I counted six earlier. <clears throat> Is it 10? One, I believe two, it was 10. One, two, two three, 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 four, five. Five, six. That's all I'm six. Seven, eight. I think I have eight. How am I so bad? Oh at this? no, no. I have seven, <clears throat> I believe. But the, the the weirdest thing is that I've gone back to back a couple times here. A couple, two, three. It times was back. seven. Yeah, you <clears throat> had two back to backs. You were back. Oh, to I back. get fucked up because it's like there's a split. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah. But so there's seven. Uh, yeah, I've only done it one, <clears throat> two, twice. Yeah, I've only done it once. <laughs> yeah, twice. Sick. Uh, yeah, it has. Brad alluded to. We interviewed Brett Holmes. Brett almost kind of did win the truck race a couple weeks ago. Um, a guy that we really didn't know much about. I did remember Derek uh, winning an ARCA championship with him back in 2020. Um, so cool little story there. He's uh, your uh, low budget, you know, basically privateer team. Kind of rents like a corner from from Maury Gallagher, right? Is that GMS? Yes. Yeah. And uh, races out of their shop. And uh, pretty cool dude. Yeah, yeah, seems seems he, like a seems he, like a bro. He could stay. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a very we we didn't really know what to expect going into it, and uh, it ended up turning out to be a very very good interview. Um, we had a lot of fun and uh, definitely learned a lot about him. And uh, like Bobby said at the end of the interview, we uh, we're, we're fans. all fans of his now. So yeah. looking forward to you guys hearing it. And uh, again, we want to thank Pit Lizard Pit Lizard Industries for hopping on board. Um, we gotta you know thank uh, thank those guys, Tom Tom the Wonderfied Guy, Fence Line Films, like I said, and. Uh, Without further ado, here's Brett Holmes. All right, boys and girls, uh, as we just introduced uh, earlier on here, we do have on the other side of this Zoom call uh, a former ARCA champion, uh, someone who races a truck here uh, on the TV uh, every every other once in a while. Uh, this is going to be the driver named Brett Holmes. Uh, what's going on, pal? Hey, good, man. How are you? Not too bad. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, some big things happened with you pertaining to Talladega. We will lead up to that. But before we get too started here, uh, who, the, who the fuck is Brett Holmes? Uh, who the fuck is Brett Holmes? <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, basically, I'm uh, the uh, short story. Long story short, uh, just been you know, racing all my life. Started racing go-karts since I was about six years old and 
gone through the ranks of go-karts, third late models, asphalt late models, um, ARCA, now trucks. Um, also work full-time with my family's uh, site work construction company and, and real estate company. Um, I went to Auburn University for about five, five and a half years. Um, so that's uh, that's me in a, in a nutshell. What, was there any sort of lead up like family lot wise to racing or were you just like, you know, I like Legos and cars and now I want to go kart? No. So my dad, uh, my dad raced dirt late models and, um, you know, started, you know, in, way before I was born. So, um, you know, since I was born, you know, really growing up to going to the racetrack, watching him, him. And um, I guess I was just kind of born into it or, or molded into it, you know, doing that. That was just a normal thing to do on uh, Saturdays. So. Um, that's, that's really how I got into it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you, you start off in go-karts, you say, and then you, you kind of progress up through the ranks. How, how do we go from go-karts to you in trucks? That's, that's a pretty big gap here. Where, where's the, where's the fill in there? Yeah. So I, um, I did go-karts for about like three or four years. Um, so I was about, you know, 10, 10 years old or so, uh, really mainly just race local at, at Talladega short track, the dirt track that's across the road from the super speedway also has a go-kart track and they run there on Friday nights. Then they run at their, um, like quarter three, three eighths mile track, uh, with the late models and other divisions. So, um, you know, I did that for a while, like went, you know, did a handful of races at other tracks kind of in Alabama or Georgia. Um, and then, you know, was trying to, you know, figure out the best way because there's not really a good transition between go-karts and late models. Right. So, um, tried to figure out that for a little bit. So I ran legend, we decided on legend cars. Um, that's what I did for about a year or so. I'm about 10 or 11 years old. And, uh, that was a, uh, that was a shit show to say the least, because, uh, you know, you go from a go-kart like you know, sitting low to the ground as light as they are small motor and everything to a legend car, you know, it's a straight shift, a lot bigger motor, a lot thinner tire. Um, you know, really kind of the premise of it is based on a really old, like frame, you know, basically. So, uh, it was like a huge, huge 180, completely different surface. Also I was trying to do that, do that on asphalt. So, um, it wasn't really successful with that. So, um, I did that for like a year or so and then just went into dirt late models because that was kind of our bread and butter. My dad was still doing it at this time. Um, so mainly, mainly raced at Talladega Short Track and Green Valley Speedway um, my first half year or so when I was starting out um, and then started traveling around the Southeast a little bit uh, and crate late models and did that for a year. And then I started racing super late models um, locally and at, with the, Southern All-Star Series. It's like a uh, Southeastern dirt late model series. Y'all may have not, y'all may have not heard of it, but um, uh, so I did that. And at that, when we got to the end of that, I finished like second in points in that series in the rookie of the year. Um, and it was kind of like, at that point, it was like, well, like, you know, is this something I want to do? How far do I want to go with this? Do I want to turn this into a career one day? Um, or is it just a hobby to me? So you know, obviously decided on it being a, um, a pretty serious thing, a career. Um, so I raced, uh, so I started racing asphalt late models. Um, and we did that out of our own shop. It was a huge learning experience. We had no clue what we were doing, um, specifically with tires and spotting. Um, 
you know, my dad spotted for me for a little bit. And if y'all can tell from my accent, I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little Southern, not really crazy, but my dad is like Forrest Gump basically. So um, <laughs> he, uh, so him spotting and the reaction time of that was, you know, pretty hilarious to say the least, but uh, we went through growing pains for a little bit and uh, you know, it got a little bit better help and um, they're really well with that. We ran around the Southeast again, ran like Montgomery Motor Speedway, Five Flags Speedway, won track championships there and, and ran other races around the Southeast and even in the CRA. Um, then, so basically um, wanted to make the step up to ARCA and we, Grant Infinger just won the championship in 2015 and um started talking to him a little bit and that we really built a right relationship from there we bought a couple of cars a couple of gms racing cars uh when grant won that championship bought two cars from them and then um he really uh basically started my career in that uh he he crew chief me um he worked on the cars for the week because he was you know also full-time at gms working in the shop and uh, we, we just basically had some borrowed space from, from them in their shop. They let us have two bays in their shop to, to run out of. And uh, so it all kind of from there kind of blossomed into getting our, you know, moved to a couple places at least in other shops and, you know, um, you know, people coming through our team and, and stuff. And we finally, you know, nailed down a shop. We, we bought a shop last year um, that we'd actually been leasing for a year. Um, and, uh, that's, you know, we, we've kind of just kept growing and, and developing since and, um, accomplishing, you know, kind of our standard standards and accomplishments all, along the way. So, so you had talked about the, the transition from, you know, the kind of dabbling in late models and things like that and, and wanting to, you know, be half-assed serious about it. What, what was the turning point where you were like, you know, this is something that I could do for, for like a living. Like what, what was that switch that was flipped? Um, I don't know. I think part of it was like, uh, part of that decision was cause I wasn't crazy about their racing. Um, but I, I still like it. I still even do it a little bit, uh, these days, not, not as much. I ran like one, uh, one couple races last year, but, um, I don't know. I just, uh, it, it was just something I just decided I want to take more serious. And I feel like the level we were at, it wasn't more than, um, just a hobby and, um, you know, to, uh, to make it into advance, uh, along the ladder of racing, I felt like making the transition to asphalt was the thing to do. And, um, you know, learning that kind of driving style. Um, so we did that and obviously it's a completely different world. Like the, the two don't even really relate you know, people wise, equipment wise at all. So, um, it, there was a definitely a hard transition to make there that took some time, but, um, you know, at the time it was just really based on, you know, is it a, is it a hobby or is it something we want to take serious? And it was just kind of left up to that. At what age did you have to make that transition from, from racing dirt to racing asphalt? And did you, do you ever look back on that and kind of wish maybe you stuck with dirt for a little bit longer now seeing, I mean, I don't really know what the asphalt purses are from people that travel around, but there's some uh, pretty wild graphics out there of the dirt racers and dirt late models and uh, specifically that are uh, pretty, pretty wealthy right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I don't know. I think I kind of wish I would have stayed in dirt, like maybe one, one year longer. Uh, I think I did that when I was about 15, 16 years old. Um, 
right? Or 16. And that was about 2013. And um, yeah, it was definitely just the environment of their racing is like so much more laid back than asphalt. Like everybody in the asphalt world is, I don't want to say nose in the air, but it is, you know, it is business there. Like it's not as laid back and all that stuff as, uh, um, as dirt is for sure. And that's the side of it that I miss. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely, you, you can race on a lot smaller budget and dirt racing than you can, um, asphalt late model racing. So, um, I think that side of it is pretty appealing to a lot of people too. And just the environment of it, but I think racing in general is over the last three or four years, even a late models has gone to a crazy, crazy budget for sure. Was the, uh, snowball derby ever something that you ran? I saw that you picked up a win down at uh, five flags in Pensacola, but did you ever run that? And, uh, do you ever plan on getting back behind the wheel of an asphalt late model, uh, in the future? Yeah. So I ran, um, I ran the snowflake a couple of times, uh, like or three times actually. Um, the, the second time I ran it, I finished third behind, uh, John Hernimacek and Chase Elliott. Um, and then, uh, that was my best result there. Um, but, uh, the snowball derby never really did that well there, to be honest with you. I feel like our chassis were kind of really behind the eight ball at the time. Um, we ran some Augie Grill chassis at the time, and I, I don't think anybody who was winning in the last year or two was running any of those any of those chassis for sure. I mean, even the you know chassis builder himself, himself. I'm not trying to talk shit, but he didn't make the race either. So, um, if the chassis builder, if the guy who's won multiple snowball derbies and builds your own chassis can't make the race, I don't know what more you can expect out of your car. But I think we really got outdated in that area at the time. Uh, I think they were stupid, you know, prolate models or crate late models didn't matter. It was just the crate motors not push, putting as much um, stress on chassis and all that. But, um, you know, uh, definitely want to go back and, and show what I can do um, there because I feel like I'm really good at that racetrack and um, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I just – uh, definitely want another shot to go back. Just got to figure out how to do it the right way and um, all that. So, well, we were, during our little uh, pre pre show meeting here, we were kind of going through what we what we had discovered on you before we actually talked to you. So uh, we didn't look like a couple of floundering fucking morons, but uh, <laughs> um, we we had discovered that apparently Las Vegas is a good little track for you too. Uh, with what pulling off what was it eighth and eleventh or something like that? Yeah, what. What's it about that place that kind of suits you? In the truck series. Yeah, in the trucks, yes. Sorry. Yeah, um, I think mile and a half, like speedway races in general, really it suit, have suited us since 2019. I think a lot of that is based on um, how I've kind of – how my driving has adapted ever since I've been in ARCA um, and being away from late model racing a little bit. I think I've struggled a little bit in short track racing because um, a lot of, I haven't got to race – you know, every week or full, full schedule, but all these guys who are doing a lot of late model racing and they're racing on the side, I think it really helps in the short track world for sure. But, um, I just think on, you know, that's really where my skills developed into is mile and a half. And then my crew chief, I think that's where his, um, expertise kind of favored was speedway racing mile and a half and, and super scooter racing. So, um, mainly for those two reasons, but I, I really haven't ran too, too many mile and a half since I've been in trucks. Um, we're in like, you know, Texas, Kansas, um, there, Atlanta one time last year. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Be Vegas is just kind of a really 
standard mile and a half. There's not too much tire wear compared to in Atlanta or, or somewhere else uh, or Homestead even. Um, and it's kind of, you know, that that's kind of our bread and butter. It's what's been our bread and butter the last couple of years. So, so the truck, obviously it's been a part-time deal for you, but, but, but before that, yeah, you ran Arca. So before we get too far into the truck deal, you, you ran Arca and obviously you didn't suck at it cause you have a championship. So how, how do you go from, you know, leasing a couple bays out from an existing team to being the champion in, in the Arca series. That's a pretty big deal. Well, I mean, we, uh, yeah, we didn't suck that year, but there were, <laughs> there were multiple years we sucked. So it just, and that's part of the growing pains of racing is part of, you know, trying to work through those things. Um, you know, my first year in Arca when I was with Grant, I mean, we were really close to winning a couple of races. It just kind of didn't pan out pit strategy wise a couple of times. Um, it kind of went the non-conservative uh, way on pit strategy, a couple of races that we should have won or we were fastest at. But really since then, um, you know, we, we started, I think 2017, we started, we leased another area in GMS's like fabrication shop, like a separate room, separate couple of rooms up there. Um, and slowly started building our inventory. We still didn't have a lot of cars. We still really shouldn't have ran full time that year. Um, then we had four cars in total and that's just, you know, for running four different kinds of racetrack, that is just not sustainable or efficient at all. Um, but really, I think the biggest problem was, uh, is just, you know, people trying to find the right crew chief for me, the right crew chief that was, you know, going to put, put speed in the cars and um, us be fast and not have any, you know, worry when we get to the racetrack. And, um, you know, obviously since 2016, I was in Auburn, uh, you know, taking a full, you know, full load of classes. So that kind of, you know, hurt kind of, I feel like quality control wise and also us, you know, building or getting better quicker. Um, but it is pretty, you know, it, it's a lot harder than people that I know ARCA look or I know people look at ARCA, you know, field and they're like, oh man, there's only like, you know, three to five cars that win this race. And I completely understand that. I definitely think the same way, but it's, you know, it, it's still just not that easy to put together your own team to do that. It's not as simple as, you know, go out there and, you know, mash the gas down and go. It's uh, it's all about people. It's all about your equipment. And it takes time to build that. And, and um, you know, we that's kind of where we're at in the truck series right now, too. We're kind of going through the, that same process. Is there anything that you're going to be able to take from your arc experience from building a team from almost nothing to a championship, you know, can you know winning team is there something you can transfer from that experience to your trucks definitely i mean i think like i said earlier the uh what hindered us so long in arco was just having the right right guy in there right crew chief to help us get that point i mean shane you know came to my shane huffman my crew chief uh that's you know going to another opportunity this year he's been with me last since 2019 he's been with me for almost four years now so or uh, three years now so um he, uh, you know, he, his second year there is when we were, you know, winning races and um, winning the championship. So, uh, and we've been pretty, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, uh, you know, some races we've lacked speed a little bit and some races we've been really good and I've, and I've lacked personally. So it's like, you know, it, again, it's just part of not getting a race full time and, uh, you know, not having simulation stuff like that is just, uh, and, and you're also, you know, starting off with a blank notebook too. So competing against teams have been doing this for a few years or more than that. So, um, you know, that's, 
again, I, I just think it's all about people and, and how much time you put towards it, how much you study, um, how much you try to improve on each race. Um, you know, that, that definitely, that it doesn't, that doesn't cut any corners. It just makes you get to point A to point B a lot quicker. So, so before you, uh, became a NASCAR truck series winner, um, one last question that I did have about the ARCA series is obviously you were the 2020 champ. What were some of the, uh, difficulties that there was with the 2020 season as is being the 2020 was such a shit show of a year, uh, were you still in school, you know, like, and, and what was the racing, you know, how was it, how difficult was it to have, you know, a wide gap of time away from the racetrack and then just get right back into it? Honestly, it helped us a ton. And I know it's crazy to say, but um, as small of a team as we were, or as how many people we had, like we had three months off, basically two and a half months off, and it gave us time to update two of our cars. Um, so we updated a, a short track car, intermediate, you know, an intermediate car, and like our, and I think we realized after we did that, like our short track, how bad our previous short track car was or short track chassis was. Because immediately when we did that, we started finishing top three every race. So um, that was a huge thing. And it really helped us. It, like I said, just gave us more time to prepare, more time to uh, massage, as you, I, I guess you could say, on the cars. So um, that, I mean, that alone, I think, turned our whole season around. If we had to keep going through that season, if we didn't have that break or coronavirus didn't happen, I'm not saying thank God for coronavirus, but I'm saying – you know, uh, if it didn't happen, I don't think we win the championship that year because um, we don't have that time. So you you talk about surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, friend of mine, friend of ours, Derek Neeland, I grew up with him, childhood friends. He worked with you a little bit. I, uh, yeah. I, I texted him to, to lean on him, and uh, he wants to know uh, why uh, – he, he spots for Daniel Dye now. He wants to know why you ditched him in one and two at Talladega this year in the spring and uh, – and why he's the worst spotter you've ever had? <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Why I ditched? Why did? Why I ditched Daniel? Yeah, he said he. Had, I said uh, we're interviewing Brett Holmes tonight for the show. Anything I should ask? And he said, ask him why he ditched us. Uh, uh, parentheses forty three in one and two at Talladega. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is he talking about? He, they wreck. They wreck themselves in one and two. I pushed. I pushed. Right. I pushed him all the way to the front. Um, <laughs> at that that. Uh, what ended up being the last lap, and uh, uh, I guess Derek was telling him turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right, turn right. Like, <laughs> that's what he was doing. I don't know what he was doing, and uh, and then uh, cleared himself to the bottom and wrecked himself and ended the race. Uh, no, I, I, I'm sure he's just messing with me, but no, I miss Derek a lot. Derek is a great, uh, a great spotter, and uh, like I, I hated we didn't get to um work together this year um because he like the every super speed race that i did with him he drove a car for me i mean that's literally he is that he is the best super speedway spotter there is and um uh and what was his question about the this past race what did he say oh he did he uh followed it up by just saying who's the best spotter you've ever had but i changed it as to why he was the worst spotter you've ever had (laughs) Uh, no no i wouldn't he, uh, he's definitely the best, uh, best I've had for sure. Um, well, that'll go straight to his ego. I'm sure. Correct. Correct. His, no, head, he, his he, head's he, getting bigger as we speak. And he has, yeah, no, yeah. he knows that he already knows. So. <laughs> um, but he, uh, I, I think we called it, uh, we, we called him a traitor or a cheater or something like that. for not <laughs> going with us this year. So, 
but I'm, you know, he, you know, taking a full time deal is definitely a lot uh, nicer. So, um, but yeah, no, Derek is like I said, uh, I haven't had him this year. I didn't have him this year, but he, he, like I don't his vision. And I've been up in the spotter tower report, and like you, once you do that, you gain such a bigger respect for those guys. And when you think about and hear what they're saying to you. Um, at a big racetrack like that, when you're looking at binoculars half the track, through binoculars half the track, like him, you know, seeing the run, seeing where the, um, you know, seeing where the momentum is going, which lane is is favored. And, um, I mean, really since 2020, he, I think he spotted, I don't know if he spotted for me in 2019, but he, you know, 2020 he definitely did. And, um, you know, I mean, since then, and since what I've learned from him then, I mean, like we've been in the top three or top five every um, uh, Talladega race, at least uh, on the white flag lap. So um, if that tells you anything of, of his spotting. So. So, so you're <clears throat> we're going to get into the trucks now. Uh, you're from you're from Alabama. Uh, obviously, your home track is Talladega. Uh, we all saw it on the TV. Uh, we all were hooting and hollering uh, for the guy that we had never heard of. Uh, but <laughs> to run run us through that gamut of emotions, I'm sure that you had uh, in that that moment there at Talladega in the truck. Well, speaking of a guy that you never heard of, uh, <laughs> Door Bumper Clear said the same thing on their podcast, uh, and they were like, "Freddie's been on I the show." Uh, I think that's John Holmes' son, old John Holmes, and uh, I was like, "Well." I didn't, I didn't really get those genes, unfortunately. But, uh, no, uh, I, I kind of thought of that as disrespectful when he first said that. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. Because, uh, it, it, in the end, it's just, it's just the ego thing. But, um, no, I mean. Uh, we dipshits that run our mouths without knowing anything. Door bumper clear is ten times no. worse than we are. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. They're, they're the same as us. They just have a national platform. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm no. Fre- Freddie's been on the show for whatever it's worth. So, so we get it. <laughs> I got you. I, I know. I wouldn't say that towards you guys saying that. It's just like you could uh, <laughs> do what you could. I mean, yeah, but uh, he just like you know putting it out, putting it out there like that, like some kid I never even heard of. Like when previous guests they've had, I've, I've killed by sixty points. So. Uh, running full time again, so throw some shade. So, um, <laughs> right. but, uh, but so, what was your question about that race? Well, well, I, I guess you, since we're throwing shade here, that the whole reason that this conversation is even happening is because you you, you threw a picture up on Twitter <laughs> that, that, that there's there's a banner in the background of of the 2022 race winner at Talladega. Now, for yeah. those that don't know, that's obviously not how that officially panned out uh unofficially it pr- probably should have but uh it we i, I was probably bobby somebody uh said I, I i admire that this amount of pettiness and then you actually responded saying <laughs> saying that you're like the king of pettiness or something like that yeah so, i said king petty number two because yeah, you can't say is. king petty in the racing world you know and that just be left in the air like that but so, um, so obviously, obviously you're, you're at your home track, right? Talladega to the kid from Alabama has to be, you know, Disneyland basically. Right. So yeah. what's it like not only in, to be in contention in, in probably your, your biggest race at, to date in Talladega in a truck, you know, going for the, for the win, 
but then to have the the yellow came out and then everything that happened there what what was that roller coaster like for you it was crazy man um you know like the year before was my first truck race there and um we led you know we led more laps then than we did this year really but um so we were kind of in contention to win last year a little bit too not as not as good as this year but um so you you know once you've done it once you feel like that's your standard right so um that's you know um i felt like i had lost the race at some i think like with 20 something to go or 30 to go i tried to pass uh the 42 and the trial with with no help which was just a dumb decision by me i ended up getting hung out to dry and falling back to tenth. i was like well i just lost the race just then so uh and then we had a, a you know caution or two later and we we gained a spot or two every time and uh got to that position and i, I mean it was just pretty crazy you know i just um we, we've never qualified well in any of those races uh i feel like we never had that single truck speed to to do that but um you know so to really take a you know 25th place qualifying truck to uh, being contention every time is is really cool um but it's like I said, it's just all about decision making and, and, you know, which line you choose and being patient. You know, there's guys that are like trying to bump each other in the fifth and sixth row. And that didn't, you know, like you learn that on our racing. Like that's just not even, you know, that's not even a, uh, any gain in that. But, uh, you know, as far as emotions go through the race, I kind of, you know, block out a lot of that stuff as far as having, you know, I had a ton of, you know, family and friends there. Um, you know, probably like 50 or 60 in the infield and about the same in the grandstands. And then, you know, the amount of people are uh, supporting us here um, around this area, watching on TV. So, um, you know, it's, it's just really, and I, I didn't, you know, show my ass as much as I could have, or maybe have a little bit of wanted to at the end in a, you know, post-race to uh, as far as how that panned out, but because you just really think back at, um, that you're even getting to do this in the first place and how many, you know, people from like Talladega short track that we grew up racing with, um, you know, how many of them would have, you know, killed for that opportunity to even be out there to it, whether they were in 30th or had a chance to win. So, um, that, and, you know, knowing that, or, you know, hoping that it's, you know, not going to be my last chance to do that. So, um, you know, it, it was, uh, pretty, you know, like I said, it was pretty crazy. I, I think I said at the end that I just didn't know whether to, um, you know, laugh or cry about it. Um, you know, so it, it, I, I sometimes I still don't know how I should feel about it. it it's just uh, it's such a weird scenario, weird uh, way it panned out that you know you don't really know what to do, but at the same time you want to, you know, be positive and always look at the bright side of things too. So, um, but the the banner, the whole banner deal, my my crew chief. My crew chief Shane, his wife Wendy, uh, owns a graphics company. She does, you know, graphics for race cars, just banners, t-shirts, all that stuff. So, I, you know, my crew chief and my dad and crew were, I think, more mad about the race ending uh, than I was, and so it was more, more so on them that they got they got that made, and I thought it would be funny to put, you know, put it in the background of a picture. Not, not, not I didn't know like it would um, get near as much of a reaction as it did, but. Um, I was like kind of low-key hoping that it would get noticed a little bit, you know, because I didn't really advertise it. didn't want to. I didn't want to be like, 
don't want to be like, be like that guy that, oh, we won the race, really. No, we didn't. Like, you know, so that's why it you know, said unofficial, all that stuff on it. So, and why I didn't advertise it a lot, but it was, uh, it was, you know, funny nonetheless, more than anything. So, yeah. so. Something, something like that's definitely going to pop off if uh, anyone's able to see it. So did you, did, were you the one that took the picture? Cause it was obviously, it was tweeted from the NASCAR on Reddit. Like they had like a, the picture, um, but the NASCAR on Reddit Twitter account. And that's what I quote tweeted, but were you the one that took the picture of the truck and posted it on, on the social media? Cause someone was, uh, you know, someone zoomed in and obviously saw that banner. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, put, I, I took the picture of the truck. It was right before we uh, were getting ready to load it and, um, so uh just you know or, or right after we had put graphics on it or something um and honestly that that's just the way a shop is kind of laid out like our, our, when you come off the plate or the pull down rig and it rolled backwards it's already kind of sitting there like that where we put our the old banner so that's just how it i mean that's how it panned out but it, like obviously i didn't have to include it on there but, you know <laughs> what i mean so that you know it's just uh it was counting What's that? Said it was calculated. Uh, a little, uh, yeah. A little <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I remember watching that. Uh, I think that we were actually at Thompson Speedway uh, up here in Connecticut, and uh, I was watching it on my phone. And I remember, like, because I kind of wish that anyone other than Matt Benedetto won that race. Because I was thinking about this before <laughs> we came on. Like, not to like trash on him. I'm just saying that, like. I feel like you would have gotten more publicity. You would have been up there in like the all time. Well, not like that's like a good thing, but like all time greatest, like hoses of all time. And like NASCAR, like Reagan Smith, like just, you should have won that race, obviously. And I feel like it was a lot of it was swept under the rug because a lot of people like Matt DiBenedetto. Um, I don't think that any of us three are necessarily in that camp. Um, that being said, like, I remember I was sitting there and I think I couldn't hear because, uh, race cars are going around the racetrack, obviously loud noises. And I remember like fist bumping. I was like, Brett Holmes just won the race. And everyone was kind of like who, and I like, cause I, I want to, I want it on record that I actually knew who you were and you're in almost all of my DraftKings lineups. Cause I know if you qualify shitty, you're going to race your way towards the front <laughs> because you are, you're a hell of a race car driver. And I've watched since the ARCA days, but well, not uh, so much in qualifying. We, we do qualify like shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. DraftKings has you, you know, like cheaper because you qualified bad. And then I know you're going to make your way to the front. I'm like, this is perfect. This kid's a good race car driver. <laughs> That's the most uh, yeah. backhanded compliment I've ever heard. <laughs> in my life. I mean, hey, you, you're you, cheap. You. That's why we pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you're going to have a good Basically, he's no, no so it could have been worse. I could have been like what Charlie said when he just straight up said no one had heard of you. <laughs> yeah, it could have been worse. Uh, I, told, but, I told you we're not real shy around here. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I love the honesty. No, so I actually um I had a friend that won 30 grand off me that way. When odds opened up on the DraftKings, and this is one toxic thing I do races <laughs> that I think I have a chance at is I do look at my odds, uh, which I probably shouldn't do. Um just mentally uh but what like that week so it was plus twenty five thousand for a top three finish and it was plus ten thousand for a top five finish he put t- he put 40 bucks on top three finish and 200 dollars on top five finish and uh yeah 130 a little over 30k yeah <laughs> no, i did not get i did not get any cut of that but he he did make a killing off of it so was happy for him Good, good for him. 
<laughs> that's so like when we like uh i love watching shit like that too because when the odds first open like half of vegas like doesn't know who like the newer guys coming into the series are and stuff like that so our buddy Derek griffith uh quarter panel uh ripped off when he flipped it loud and behind us he uh, i was about to say i've seen that somewhere i saw that scene yeah, somewhere right yeah there. it was upside down but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so uh he he when he went to martinsville i think it was his first race and like just to finish in the top 10 and uh i think just finishing the top 10 was like twenty five thousand or something like plus twenty five thousand. so it was like 10 bucks yeah. crazy amount of money so like all of my buddies wanted to like put money on it and we all like went in on it but uh unfortunately he had a i, I don't remember what happened there i think he got wrecked by anthony alfredo but you'll have that uh in big time <laughs> <laughs> you'll have that in big time all the racing um but no it's uh it's funny i mean like especially a lot of the degenerates I went to college with in Auburn, they love, you know, sports betting and all that stuff. I completely understand that. But they, uh, the fact that they like know somebody to actually bet on, I think, you know, uh, probably, you know, distort some of their bets a little bit, but um, no, it was, I mean, uh, but again, like some, some races like that I look at, you know, and I uh, uh, don't have great odds at them. Like, you know, it, it is definitely, a, it takes a, takes a toll to the ego ego for sure sometimes but it's kind of a motivation at the same time you know you want to you want to uh prove wrong so um that's uh you know like i said that was a, a good you know good race and and the uh super speedway stuff i feel like is where you know people you know really come out you know really good on that stuff because anything can happen right so so uh, we we do have a, a patreon account um, and we were talking about this a little earlier and, and on our Patreon account, we have the listeners submit questions to you. Uh, but I think one of the ones that Bobby had specifically, uh, was it the, the pit? Oh, no, actually. So that, that's something that I was just about to bring up before the Patreon oh. questions. I, got <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared, but, uh, the, uh, so obviously Talladega being your home track, have you ever, uh, gandered out back to Talladega Boulevard and have you ever dabbled in? I mean, any alcohol or maybe get some beads or something. I don't know what happens. Back oh there. yeah, dude. No, we stay like, uh, so every weekend we stay like a row off the boulevard. It's called the orange lot. I think it's like one road off of it. And that's where we camp out at, uh, at least every fall we do that. We did stay last spring, but we were in a different, uh, area, but, um, the gold, uh, golden Eagle, sorry, my sponsor, they, uh, for those races, they, um, they have like a huge setup there. And, um, so we just, uh, they give me a couple spots to, you know, you one for me to use and uh, one for my buddies to come bring, they normally rent an RV to come. And, uh, yeah, we spend the whole weekend there and it's pretty fun for sure. Uh, there, you know, I mean, I like the boulevard to like walk up and down it, but I mean, you know, let's be honest, like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say, say, take, want this to say this the wrong way or anything, but like, you know, you, you don't just you know, take drinks from everybody you don't know, you know what I mean? Or, uh, and there are some, you know, pretty disturbing race things on on the board, like the bunny races and stuff. There is a limit, a, a line I draw, you know what I mean? I mean, the voluntary stripper pole is not a terrible thing. Um, but, uh, the, but when you get into the, uh, bunny races out of the boulevard that's where it's like okay this is kind of fucked up so um, <laughs> but uh i don't know how they get by with a lot of this stuff but i don't i mean i guess if it's voluntary then they don't really care so yeah i'm uh i feel like we we um i don't know how to word this either 
we, we party hard. Um, let's just say that. And I don't, I think that my saving grace in life was that when I went to Talladega, I was eight. So, uh, <laughs> if I have, if I had gone since I knew what alcohol was, I don't know that I would have ever came back. So, um, yeah. we do like our own little New Hampshire motor speedway deal and there's a voluntary stripper pole and we have a big old party, but it's nothing like the Boulevard, at least what I've seen. Um, and it was like seven o'clock and, I was trying to recruit the girls, obviously, up on the pole. Um, and Freddie Kraft told me to get the fuck off the pole. So, uh, obviously, I listened. And, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. If that's happening at 7 o'clock in Loudoun, New Hampshire, I can only imagine what's happening at 1 o'clock in the morning at Talladega Boulevard. No, it's fun. I mean, you know, they've they've nailed, uh, reeled it back a little bit. I mean, norm, you know, normally every – it used to be like every year somebody would go missing or pass away. um so we've at least you know got a little bit better um but yeah it's uh it's it's always a great time i mean and they say the same thing about michigan and so i'm i'm i mean michigan i don't know how but like it um they say it's kind of pretty comparable to that too um so i'd like to try that out or see what everybody's talking about or see you know see what they're saying but uh but yeah i mean I've fans, heard, man, they don't care sometimes. You know? I've heard big things about the snake pit at Indy too. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that too. Really, people, you know, there's there's only a handful of you know, ones that you know people say they you know compare to that compared to Talladega. So uh, definitely, you know, would, would like to see what they're talking about one day for sure. What's the uh, what's the weirdest thing you've ever signed? Um, I mean, you know. I mean, like a little kid will like, this has probably happened like two or three times ever, but like a little kid would walk up and be like, sign my forearm or something. You're like, you know, that's kind of weird. I, I haven't really signed anything like uh, a golf ball. I feel like a golf ball is kind of, I've done that one time. And that's, I, I feel like it's probably not normal in the golf world, but like it's so small, like you can't even like, you know, uh, make that work. Uh, I don't know. I haven't, uh, I signed a vape. I signed a vape at Talladega. That was pretty funny. They're like, what are those little box vapes? A vape or a baby? A vape, not a oh. baby. <laughs> no. no, a vape. Uh, I signed a vape, uh, but somebody was just doing that. I think, it, you know, just being funny. Uh, but that's probably probably top two, top three things. That's weirdest. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, I mean, we're Arkham truck drivers. It's not like we're, you know, uh, crazy. You know, not like we're, up up there or anything but uh that's that's been it so far so so getting on to we have a couple patreon questions most of these are for us and they're things that i would never ask another human in my life but um (laughs) we've also kind of already uh touched on this one but tyler bauer wanted to know how surreal is it to run a race at your home track and i mean i guess just how what what have we not touched on from uh racing at dega i don't know yeah no i mean that's you know (sighs) I guess it's something I didn't really touch on, but like, that's what made it so sad at the end. Right. Is because like, you know, that is a, that is, you know, a dream for anybody who's uh, came up in racing to win at like a home track like that. You know, there's not a lot of, um, you know, when, when a track your dad grew up racing at and track you grew up racing at is across the road from the super speedway. You always refer to it as the, you know, big track or whatever. And, um, 
and just being around this area so close and just this community around here, how supportive they are and how much they keep up with it. Like that's, you know, if I have a bad, you know, a lot of the times if I have a bad um, race one weekend, I get to hear about it the entire week because everybody I see through the week is like, man, I hate, you know, and you have to say the same old story. It sucks, you know, but, uh, but it's the other way around if you race good. So, uh, but it's great that they're like, you know, keeping up with it and, and even asking in the first place, but just like, it, you know, again, it's just a dream to be able to do something like that. And, and just the environment around that with the people here is uh, it would just be unreal. And um, I really understood it a little bit more in the truck race uh, last year when we wrecked and um, we we're like fourth and last lap and got hit from behind and uh, wrecked at the end, like coming off a four area there. And like my truck was like pretty much undrivable, but I was like, well, it'll still run. It'll still put, you know, across, it probably won't get higher than 45 miles an hour, but I like basically putted it across the start finish line. Cause I was like, I see, I can see the start finish line. I'm not going to park it. And, you know, like it, even though I probably shouldn't be driving it through here or driving it to it, I'm, you know, I can see the start finish line out. I always have that like memory of Carl Edwards in my head when he like ran across start finish line because he could see it, you know, and make it across there, you know, that that didn't count. But uh so I made it across the line and when I got in my truck, like um I heard a lot of the fans in the stands uh cheer and that's kind of what it hit me that I, like I actually do have, you know, a lot of support from people from Alabama and not not just people I know, you know, or people around this area. So that was um just for really both of those reasons and or all those reasons, um, it would just be, it would just be unreal, man. I can't explain it. I mean, and just know it was that close. Like it was, you know, um, and what it should have came down to. I mean, when you have the truck series director, you know, apologizing to you and your crew chief that it should have went another way for the week or two weeks after the race. I mean, that's, I don't know if that makes it any better or worse to, to, admit they you know knew that they made a mistake and should have let the race pan out um and you didn't get to enjoy that but like i said it's a double-edged sword man you you get the fact that you even get to do it it's just um it's just crazy so um yeah so where are you actually located and how far from talladega are you uh i'm at i'm still at the office right now our construction office is right across the road from my dad's house um but uh so I, I've actually got to go to North Carolina tomorrow, but I'm, I'm in Munford right now is where construction shop is. Yeah. And how far away is that from Talladega? Oh, uh, it's about five the, uh, Munford or the, or North Carolina. Uh, just Talladega in general. Oh uh, no, Munford. I mean, Munford and Talladega are like 10, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes apart from each other. So, yeah. So like, that's very much your place though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but still trying to, you know, put together my, plans for next year, you know, as far as like what I'm doing and um, trying to run full time, but you know, I just, it's just a lot of moving pieces to figure out and put together. So I, I you know, go to North Carolina a couple of days a week and um, trying to figure that out. I'm kind of getting behind on work here. So it's kind of a, uh, it's, although the season's over right now, the last two or three weeks, I've just been like, honestly, stretched thin and dead feeling because um, I've been, driving back and forth from up here there and here so much so um that's just you know part of it part of putting it all together so so you you touched on next year already but what what is the you know 
five, 10, 20 year plan for Brett Holmes? Like is the goal to race on Sundays or we just trying to get a truck team together still? Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's, you know, ultimately the goal one day and I don't, it's hard to put a, a exact year or time, you know, timeline on it. You know, I would love to say, Hey, you know, we're, uh, I'm trying to put things together and find a crew chief, try and get manufacturing support, find a sponsor to be able to run competitively next year, you know, top five, top 10 every week. Uh, you know, that's the most ideal situation, but, and run for the championship. But, um, I mean, we, there's been so many guys and so much talent come through the truck series and, you know, it takes them two or three years to even be, to get to the point where they're in the top four or top eight in points or in the playoffs. Like it, the, the truck series field is just so stacked. I feel like out of every level outside of cup, um, right now, um, which there's even more moving pieces this year, but, um, so to, to, a to win in that series and B to win a championship in that series is like, I feel like a huge, um, you know, uh, just a huge accomplishment for the people that know and like, you know, that there's 20 trucks that can win this race, uh, 20, 25, you know, quality, uh, pieces of equipment and quality drivers that can win the race. So, um, so, I mean, yeah, right now it's just trying to put that together to run full time. I would hope that we could win a truck championship with, you know, next year or two years or something like that. You know, I know it takes time. It's going to take more time than in ARCA um, because of that competition difference. But, um, you know, I don't – I wouldn't say unless I just, you know, completely fall in love with it at that point that I'm going to be a lifer in that series or or what. Like, I, you know, I always want to advance or improve, and um, I would definitely love to do like a one-off Xfinity race one day to see, you know, um, what it's like. But – um, you know, if I, you know, one day end up winning a championship in trucks, like uh, that's, that's going to be the next step is try to try to build, you know, try to do one in Xfinity. So, but it's 10 times easier said than done, you know, um, and putting it all together and, and with your own team is, is a lot more difficult than, um, you know, than just doing it with the team that's been established and been doing it for a while. So. So we do have just one more Patreon question here from Matt Seen. If it wasn't for driving, what other avenue would you consider doing in the sport to make a living, if not outside the industry? What do you think? In uh, the truck series competition director or something? Or? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a pretty nice gig, wouldn't it? Uh, wouldn't have to do a whole lot. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it, you Richard the same. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. King Richard the second, you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. Uh, I've never really thought about that, to be honest. I, um, I guess I'd like to be a spotter or crew chief, to be honest with you. I mean, somebody that is, like, directly, you know, um, one of the main guys that's directly associated with, you know, what's panning out in the race, what's happening in the race. Um, I, I could see, like, you know, calling races, how that would be super fun, like deciding what changes to make, what pit strategy to make, you know, do, um, and spotting. Like I've done that a handful of times, like in testing and in practice, um, and have gotten like a little bit more comfortable with that, but I definitely, you know, couldn't do it. You know, definitely couldn't drop everything and be like, hey, I'm going to be a full-time spotter right now. Um, but I would say one of the, one of those two, those, those are it, outside of driving this, the most two, one of the most two fun things you can do during a race for sure. 
So I guess uh, one one couple, or I guess final question I have for you. It's a question I ask pretty much every guest that we have here, but um, you might have already answered it or you might want to add on it. But what is it that brings Brett Holmes to the racetrack? Why do you have to be there? Um, well, I mean, it's funny to ask like, ask like that and we like, why do you have to be there? I mean, I, you know, we don't have to be there for sure. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, it's just a love for racing. You know, like obviously like we find half to three quarters of everything I, everything I do and everything our uh, team does. So, um, and I'm, you know, here working 11, 12 hour days trying to uh, help do that too and help get to a point where we can do that stuff. So, um, it's just a love for racing, man. Like it's so, um, you know, people I feel like are just have to be absolutely crazy to do it because it's just, it takes so much to be able to do it so much to even get to the racetrack uh, compared to other sports. So, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't want to say something cliche, like it's in my blood because my dad did it, but in, in a way that's true, you know, um, and, you know, always wanting to, improve on you know you know everybody wants to improve on anything any aspect of their life you know and i think you know most people career is what they try to focus on improving so um although it's super hard you know though we've sacrificed a lot you know it hasn't really um there's been a couple moments where it's came to mind like why am i doing this like this is so like this is crazy you know like um but you know I, i just you know, but when you have races like Talladega, when you have races when you've got a competitive truck, like you're reminded of like why you're doing this, that feel of why you're doing it. And um, I, I mean, and once you've raced once in your life, it's so hard to not want to go back to that feeling. Uh, you know, like a lot of people compare it, you know, like as a metaphor to a drug uh, because there's like nothing that's going to give you that level of excitement or uh, feeling, um, once you've done that. So, um, I think, you know, for, for those reasons, that's, that's why I'm, I'm still doing it. Cause I definitely, I mean, you know, if you want to make a million bucks in racing, you should start with two, cause there's no way, you know what I mean? Like, you're, uh, you, uh, it's not like, you know, I'm, you know, uh, you know, li- living off of that or anything. Um, so, uh, it, it's really just for the love for it. I think that, all three of us can respect that answer for sure for, for a couple of kids who, uh, you know, we've all dabbled in, in driving ourselves and we've, we've all uh, created this show here just because of a pure love of racing. So I, I appreciate that answer. Um, you know, hopefully one of these days we'll see you at Loudon or, or maybe we'll see you in Pensacola. We're going to be down there for the Derby early, early December there. If you want to come and, you know, hang out with us idiots or, or just fuck off completely either way. Uh, that's totally up to you. But uh, uh, no, I I'd, I'd enjoy meeting you in person and having a conversation with you. And it looks like, uh, um, you know, you got a good thing going on there for sure. And I appreciate you coming on here and giving us some of your time. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I might come down. I got a couple of friends. I mean, Grant's racing it obviously in a couple, I've got a couple other friends that are going to be down there. So um, yeah, I might be down there, but yeah, I appreciate, you know, you guys having me on and, uh, reaching out and everything. I, I really, it's more fun to get to do these more like casual interviews than it is like something serious, like over, you know, radio or, or whatever, um, article or whatever. So, um, I, I definitely uh, appreciate you having me on. There's absolutely nothing serious about what we do. <laughs> what about the, uh, what about the truck race at Daytona? Are you going to run that this upcoming season? 
Yeah, I mean, I would love to. Like, you know, I think out of everybody who ran that, who ran Saldega, we came out the least, like, with the least damage. So uh, that should be an easy one for us, regardless if we go full time or part time. So um, I would say it only takes money, right? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I would say like regardless, you know, if we're full time or part time, like we'll probably definitely be at the reason. The reason uh, I ask is these two are going to Pensacola. I'm I'm not. Derek was actually going to race this year, and I was going to go with him, but he bailed last minute, so I'm not going to Pensacola. But the three of us will be at Daytona for some reason. They let us walk around the garage area. <laughs> a very thorough background check, so we'll try to meet you there. I know. I feel like I speak for the three of us. I knew who you were through Derek, but wasn't really aware of anything else other than that. Uh, I'm a fan, so be cool to meet you at Daytona and cheer you on. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. And uh, what, what's his re- Why is he not coming down to run? What's What's the deal? Because he's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He 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 ventured out did some big stuff this year, but just, uh, just things weren't going to work out financially for him. And uh, they're going to yeah. Start- no, that's a that's a big. I mean, you're looking at you know four hours of practice or whatever it is. It's a crazy like. Um, I mean, crazy tire bill, like, like, like I was saying earlier, tire, like, like all racing general budgets, really, it's just not, not what they used to be. So, um, I definitely, I definitely feel that. So, um, but Haiti's not running it. I definitely, I don't get to see him too often anymore, but, um, man, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely try to be down there for the Derby and Daytona. When you, when you start with, uh, the finances by, uh, having to include a 26 hour drive to the race, <laughs> that's not <laughs> Downhill from there. <laughs> I'm, I'm dreading this five and a half hour drive I got to do tomorrow. I, uh, I was gonna say I don't I don't know if you've ever seen a map ever, but uh, Maine and Florida could not be farther away. From me. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, I could I can picture that. Yeah, I can picture that. That's covered. Yeah. Uh, well, all right, man. We'll we'll let you get back to it. We know that you're a busy fella. You, you're doing construction stuff and race car trucks and Nash trucks and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, we'll we'll leave you alone. But again, thank you for coming on here, giving us some of your time and. Uh, yeah, go kick some ass. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Race car, race car. Here we go, race car.